Welcome to episode 124 of Cowboy Ship. My name is Ted Stoven. He is Wacey Anderson, and we are both a little tired. It's a Sunday, Sunday I'm morning. Severely podcast. under the weather. You are? Yeah. And is that self-inflicted weather? You, oh, that you man. Was, self-indu- that a, was that a self-induced weather uh, oh, system that, that came upon you? I got a bad case of the self-inflicted flu real bad. <laughs> I need everything. I need everything I can get. IV, morphine anything maybe an MRI. it's either it's either i need like yeah i need everything I need like, an MRI. Rid of it, or i just need to get put down just take me out back and put me out of my misery <laughs> bring the tarp out uh, boys i'm in a bad way man verdant, i feel verdant indoor days verdant indoor. I, I was like i'm sad because the dogs are gone now and i won't see them for a while oh oh no oh, the, <laughs> <laughs> the automatic like light that. just turned uh, on that's scary actually <laughs> <laughs> uh so for those just listening wait he's in the dressing room at a at the Verdant Indoor Hockey Arena. Oh. And uh, it's the only place was, in town I can find a secure connection. Secure Wi Fi in Manitoba. <laughs> the Manitoba, uh, what do you call that? The uh, MTS. Oh, the MTS, Manitoba Telephone System, is a little bit light oh. in Verdant, unless you're in, uh, in the building. So the lights yeah. just went out in the dressing room. He's in the hockey, uh, in the dressing it's so room. It's so hot in here. I'm sweating. Man, it's usually pretty good. It's usually air conditioned in there. I know, but there's just like no airflow in this dressing room. And I'm sorry. And as, I, as I mentioned earlier, not doing well so it's gonna be a battle here but we'll make her through what uh speaking of that what are your best hangover cures what do you we haven't really talked uh, about that ever honestly before, man honestly it's kind of just like i like try to attack the hangover and not let it i try to beat the hangover and not let it beat me so yeah. i like usually will try and get some food and some coffee in me some vitamin g is, is very vital so anything greasy uh i thought you meant gatorade no but, well, it depends what you want. I, I like vitamin grease, like a poutine. I'm probably going to get a poutine after this to get me back Breakfast to level. poutine? Yeah, and then some coffee and, and usually try to do some type of activity. But this is probably the most hungover I've been in a very long time. Um, what, were you, what were you drinking last night? Spicy rums. Oh, man, those will get you oh, to the sugar. Yeah, the sugar. just like... Sugar on I mean, top I of sugar. I think, that, I think the last, my last voicemail left for Jen was at 4.20 a.m., so... Oh no. That's pretty that's an early one, boys. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. So, so yeah, she said she said I was being pretty fine. I don't really remember it um all that well, but because so we the we wrapped up the rodeo about eleven, then we kinda had a couple beers behind the behind with like Jimmy and the crew and had a little visit and then wandered over to the dance and the dance was bumping. Like hats off to the Verdon Rodeo Committee. Like this has been a record year for them, I guess. Like they they sold like fifteen thousand dollars worth of booze the Friday night. I just at the rodeo, so they're having a heck of a year. But anyways, roll over to the dance, and as we were talking before we jumped on here, got to see a bunch of old friends and do some visit. Like it's people, like it was like it was kind of like a reunion. I haven't been here since for eight years, and then all my old traveling partners were in town, and a bunch of people used to rodeo with. So we kind of got got the band back together for one night only, and man, we did not we did not hesitate to have a good time. And so then we party till about they shut us out of the dance about two. And then we wander over to the bar. Cause we were in the street was there. There was an after party at the bar. So get into the bar. They stopped selling beer cause they can't sell beer anymore. And then I'm like, okay, hey, whatever. So I called Jesse 
go meet them at the rodeo grounds. And he's like, we're about to go home. I'm like, yeah, it's like three 30 in the morning at this time. I'm like, yeah, I'm into this. So we go, okay, I've had one more beer, walk to Jesse's place. And he fixes me up with a bike to ride from his house back to the hotel. <laughs> so I guess uh, my last phone call to Jen was me riding my bike across town to Verdon to the hotel. So it's safe to say it was a big night, but yeah, I wouldn't, I'm not well, really, really under the weather. Did you have to go through that creepy tunnel to get to the bar under the train tracks? Um, no, didn't have to go under any tunnels from what I remember, but yeah, it was just like a little, little hop, skip and a jump from the, oh my God, the rodeo grounds to, <laughs> to the rodeo grounds to the, to the bar. So it was good. It was fun. I, that was probably the first rodeo dance I've been to all summer too, which was pretty fun to, to get out and let my hair down a little bit, you know? Oh Yeah. I'm yeah. surprised. I guess you've been to some other rodeo functions, just not a rodeo dance. Yeah, not a no real rodeo. Manitoba uh, rodeo social, social, as they call it out here. Yeah, yeah the social. Yeah. I've been to a social for a while, so it's been good. It was. It, it's, I'm. I'm getting better at picking my spots for the party in these days as I'm getting older and wiser and settling down a little bit. So I picked a good spot here. That's for sure. The one good thing is is that the perf is until like 5:30 p.m. today over there. So it's almost like a double-edged sword, time. though. Yeah, it's like nice because you can kind of nurse your hangover a bit, but it's also like, man, let's just get this over with and get out of here. <laughs> want to go home now? <laughs> yeah, I want to get home. But anyways, no, it's been good, man. Like I said, hats off to the Verdon Radio committee. It's 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 nice because they have a young committee here and they really give a shit about production and making it a good show. So yeah, hats good. off to them. It's great stuff. Glad to hear it. Lonnie Brown, Jefferson Hagen. Remember those guys on the crew? Thomas Hagen is the president. No. Oh, it's or Thomas. Is. Yeah, yeah, Thomas. Yeah. And there is a Jefferson too, though. There's right? no, there's Hagens all over this town. There's lots of Hagens. Yeah. But I remember Lonnie, Lonnie, there's a couple of Brown crew over there. And then you got mm-hmm. Jesse and Jesse Lawrence and his dad, Jim the Prime Lawrence. time crew. And yeah, then you've been, you've been teaching another prime timer for so they can have their entire production just on one truck. Yeah, Dawson Lawrence. He's gonna get into the get into the game, the music game. So got he sat with me during the Slack yesterday and showed him the ropes. And yeah, now I'm currently copying some music onto a hard drive for him, so you can get rolling. Nice. Mm-hmm. So the Ma- the uh, the Manitoba division of uh, of the sound business is about to open up. It's about to w- open wide open, wide open, wide open. Another mm-hmm. another fun thing that happened in Manitoba this weekend was I, was I made my uh, entertainer debut. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, Pretty good. Hi, everybody. There's speak of the devil. There's the brown crew right there walking in. Say hi for me. Ted says hi. Just doing some podcasting. <laughs> they said hi, Ted. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyways, yeah. So I made my uh entertainer made, debut. Entertained entertain did my best Brinch and James impression for the night at the Grunthal Hanover Egg Bull Riders Canada Invitational. So Tour de Manitoba for Wacy. Yeah, week. it was uh, it was interesting. It was fun. I don't say I'll ever pursue a career in entertaining, but no. I didn't get booted out of the arena, and Ben Ben said it was good. So that's all I can ask for, I guess. Eh? I was gonna say like we brought it up on the last show, um, but with uh, with Cole and how he like had to make money, and he might have done some questionable stuff, like you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for me, I have to resort to rodeo clowning. Yeah. So you're, you're not going to pursue it just at this moment? Not quite No, yet. I don't think so. I like For me, it's one of those deals where having to, uh, the amount of time time requirement to be on the road and the amount of perks a guy's got to work, that just doesn't really get my engine going right now. Well, that'd be, that'd be, a, long, that'd be a lot of stuff. I, I couldn't live on the road like that. I can't do it. No, anymore. I can barely handle enough, how handle what we got. So well, we're almost, almost through it. Got almost a few more through, weeks man. and we're almost yeah. done for the summer. So. It's crazy how fast the summer's went by. Hey, like we're pretty much near yeah. the end of it. Yeah. Rodeo season, full swing. 
Okay, speaking of this, so do uh, do the Browns know that they are on TikTok as uh, as sperm yeah, models? I, show, I, I showed I showed Lonnie that video. That was so funny. <laughs> I was like watching him. I was like, man, there's got to be something like funny I can do here. So then I got caught some clips of him raking the barrels with some spurs on, and oh dear, got him, got him good. Yeah, boys. That video's crushing it. It's almost got a hundred thousand views on TikTok. Oh really? Yeah. How did our team roping one do? It's actually popping off too. It's almost at like fifty thousand on TikTok. Oh really? Yeah, it's not it's crushing it. I like, like how, a, like how people were already making fun of me for not being able to rope, and I was I <laughs> literally tried my hardest to not catch. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you did a good job. Your acting skills, your acting skills were ten out of ten. There, it was very, very impressive. I'm excited for the next ones to come up. Yeah, it'll couple, be good. A couple more it'll pieces be, on the we way. Got some stuff in the works, so stay tuned to our social media channels. A little bit of collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you just got, you just got back from the Glenn Keeley bull riding. A, oh a yeah, fan favorite and a. Uh, competitor favorite even yeah so one of the cool things too is that whoever wins that event wins a set of spurs mm-hmm. for having the you know the best spur out of the night and last night Wyatt Gleason spurred one in the neck in the first round made like a really strong ride mm-hmm. and uh you know I don't I don't know I don't think Wyatt has too many wins in the PBR maybe just Not, a I don't think so yeah just a couple just yeah a he's, couple, been, right? he's been doing really well at the pro rodeos this season but at the PBR yeah. level, he's he's always, but he's always done well. Like he's always like made good rides in the long round or whatever at those PBRs. But I think that's yeah, probably his first really big win. Yeah, I think he I think he won one a few years back. But mm-hmm. uh, we're thinking about it. we're like, is this one of his you know first wins in a while? Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, yeah, it was great uh, great to see Wyatt win. Really dominated and made a really great ride in the short round. It There's was, not many uh, guys uh, going down the road, especially in Canada, with spur bulls like Wyatt can. It's very true. Yeah. yeah but but I think part of that is like having haven't been a uh what do you call it? Like haven't been bareback a bareback rider. Bareback rider, right? Yeah. A Canadian champion, Canadian novice champion, bareback rider. So he was no slouch there either. Yeah. And as we were talking before we jumped on here, friend of the show, uh Jared Parson is currently ninth in the world. Yeah, and the bull his first NFR and the bull ride. And that's pretty fingers, cool. Fingers crossed for uh yeah. for Jared to make the finals. We're hoping for That'd it. That'd be hoping, pretty damn cool. Hoping that we can see uh hope we can see uh Jordan Hansen make his way up there. Oren's still in the thick of it. We could have seven Canadian Bronc riders make the uh, the finals this year. Could be pretty crazy. Ben That'd Anderson be awesome. and Dawson Hare just outside. Jake Watson's about 40th or so, or maybe 28th mm-hmm. or 9th. Uh, but then you've got, yeah, a ton of guys right in there. Dawson just Dawson and Zeke just kind of split a big win in, uh, in Caldwell. Jared had a big win in, uh, what did we say? It wasn't Omac. Uh, Moses Lake. Lake. Moses, Moses Lake. Lake, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was great to 6, see. 6,000, yeah. Man, I just looked at the results here. I was just cruising through some standings, or like, because you said uh, Wyatt had been doing good, mm-hmm. and I saw in uh, in Buck Lake they had a pro rodeo there on on yesterday, I guess too. Yeah. And uh, and the bull ride, and there was no qualified ride, so they gave everybody ground money. Damn. So one, everybody two, gets money three, towards four, the standings then, or how's that? Five work? guys. I don't know. I don't know if that counts or not, but I I was really surprised to see that that. Um, It'd be interesting to see what that rule is because their ground money does count when there's qualified rides, but is there like yeah. you have to have a qualified ride for the ground money to count, or does it just count towards the standings? I I would think that it you should have to have a qualified ride. But yeah, I, I would agree with that for sure. But it depends what the rule is, I guess. Yeah, I don't know what to say. Oh, nice. you're all right. Do you need some? Water? I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> Do you need some Advil? <laughs> I need everything, man. I need. Yeah, I don't know what I. I don't even know where to start the list as long as my arm. Probably I need to get back to square here, but. Oh dear. We'll survive. Oh, Jared Parsons. He won fifty one thousand in Canada this year. Look at them go. Yeah, he's kicking ass there, man. Why why probably gonna make his first CFR this year, as far as I know? Or is that would that be his first mm-hmm. one? Why Gleason? Yeah, I think it would be. Dawson so he was Shannon's just a, right in there. 
Todd Cudwitz going back, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Good to see. Heck yeah. Good to see. Oh, um, another thing to mention too is yeah, is, uh, William Barrow is sweeping the table at the Grunthal BRC, taking out almost nine grand in cash out of there. Really? He's at almost 40000 on the season in the BRC. That's pretty impressive. That's going to make him like one of the highest paid uh, bull riders in Canada. Yeah, because uh, like the, the ground money is counting in the CPRA. So yeah, Lonnie West is second in the Canadian standings, got 13 rodeos, won 37 grand mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. pro side of things. And that counts the ground money. But then mm-hmm. I haven't looked at the PBR Canada lately. And I haven't looked uh, as far as the world. Like I don't have a lot of American listeners, so I'm sorry that we really focus on so- the... We're Canadian stuff. That's what we get up to. Mm-hmm. If you haven't been here, you got to come see us. But oh yeah, so Brock Radford. I don't know when they were last updated. These probably last week. But Dakota Butter won on the weekend, and so mm-hmm. did Wyatt uh, Gleason. Brock, I didn't see him. He was not there on Saturday. Dakota, I think Mitre Road won the first in the first round. But they say mm-hmm. he was probably first in Canada now. So he'd won about thirty five thousand the PBR. So Dang. a lot of money. Mighty. A lot of money spread Bull out. Riders making some money. Out. Yeah. I haven't looked at the other standings, but yeah, great to see, man. Good stuff. And then uh, one oh, thing yeah. I thought that was cool in the PBR side of things, they're in Nashville with the, uh, they just finished in the, one of the first few teams events. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I wanted to say this JW Hart fights Chase Outlaw on the back of the shoots. I'm going to put mm-hmm. my money down right now. JW Hart is the first coach fired in the PBR team series as the Kansas City Outlaws are basement dwellers in the league standings right oh, now. Oh, dang. This is cool. It's kind of fun to like follow along like an actual sports league because there could be like coach yeah. firings and hiring yeah. and all that fun stuff. That's cool. I haven't put the tweet out yet. I mean, it, like I shouldn't say it's cool, but like I don't want to say it's cool that we're doing this. It's just, it's it's just, like, it's just like, like a fun way to follow a, along. It's a new element, yeah. right? Yeah. That's what yeah. makes it fun even like being like for people who know like we're big hockey guys and following on part like part, the transactional side of hockey is like a, one of the fun things to follow along with. So yeah, uh, it's and cool the that contracts, we have that in bull riding now. Yeah. So I'm going to put it, you heard it here first folks, JW Hart, probably the first coach to get fired in PBR team series. Dang. I don't know what his contract looks like, but I just want to say that. I think I guess you got to make some moves at the bottom of the bottom of the standings. Could be a take. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Nice. I love it. Hot take. <laughs> Teddy's hot take. Teddy Sunday hot take. We'll see. I thought I thought you'd get a kick out of that one, noise. Mm, I like that. It's good stuff. I wonder if there's gonna be any trades come up here soon. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I guess the season series, like the well, I should look at what this says. Hold on. Uh, I want to look at what happened last night because Nashville got a win, the first team mm-hmm. to win in their hometown. But uh, as far as the standings go, KC is number eight. Missouri Thunder number one. Um, nice. They're seven and two. Austin Gambler six and three. Arizona's five and four. So. Yeah, KC is tied for last. But anyways, I just thought that'd be a funny take. Thanks for listening, folks. Again, this is Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacey. I'm Ted. He's Wacey. And uh, we got to thank our friend Ethan Gertie, Gertie Leather. Gertie Leather Co. on Instagram, GertieLeatherCompany.com. Check them out. Get yourself some good leather goods. Leather goods and really entertaining Instagram if you're into leatherworks. So give it a cheat. Give it a give them a follow. Check it out. Tell them uh, tell them we sent you. Wild Bill was born in Illinois on dry and fertile land. Pioneer of pistoliers and a dead shot with each hand. They claim he was the quickest, there's few who'll agree. Fewer yet that saw his plainsman draw still breed like you and me. Welcome to episode 124 of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy. I'm Ted, he's Wacy. Welcome to the show. Hey man, thanks for having me back. Hey, the 124th time. <laughs> <laughs> We're still here, still kicking it. Happy to be here. 
Uh, thanks for coming to the Backyard Pod once again. It's always good to bring you Backyard Pod. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we can talk. We'll mess around later on mm-hmm. the rest of the show. But today here with us is the 2001 Resist All Rookie of the Year in the Saddle Bronc riding. The living legend, basically. Yeah. I don't know how many times you made the CFR, but it was probably at least 10, right? No, uh, it's a lot. Six. Six? Six times CFR qualifier. And once in the steer riding. Yeah, so seven. Seven. Basically yeah. ten. So uh, he's our friend, though, one of the, the power forward for the Madden Muskrats. Power forward. Number what, number 15 or 51? 53. Number 53. <laughs> <laughs> that Billy? was the most goals I scored in one year was 53. Damn, really? that's no yes. big deal. It's impressive. Including warm-up. <laughs> <laughs> and just for those that are wondering, the Madden Muskrats, uh, uh, our goalie was Dennis Halstead a lot of the time. That's how 52 of my goals got scored. <laughs> <laughs> Denny? <laughs> Dennis is the only goalie ever in history who warms up without a helmet, too. Yeah. And it terrifies crazy. me every time. Like, he's going to get one like right between the eyes one day, and it's not going to be good. We haven't had any muskrat hockey in a while, though. I haven't been in a long time. I played not for the muskrats, but one game this year, or three games this year at the Hanna tournament. With oh, the yeah. Old Auction Mart. Yeah, and that's we a, were there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we played you. Played against you, yeah. Yeah, did we... We Beat your ass? No. Yeah, not. I think so. No. We should have. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, what was your what your detriment was is having Kirby Black in net. Yeah, Kirby was what where, where you guys <laughs> he might be wrong. the worst. He might be the worst goalie of all time. Like he and he like he put out an honest effort and you guys had a solid team, but I think that was just a difference maker is having Kirby in the net. We couldn't find the goalie saver, so we had to use Kirby instead. I mean, at least he like he was like willing to stand in there and like get peppered for an hour straight, but I mean that was uh, that was definitely not the best showing I've ever seen in the net. Yeah, I don't think he went actually went down into a butterfly once throughout the <laughs> whole game. <laughs> uh, he pr- he tried one in the dressing room and we had to help him up. So. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Billy. So, how's things been going this summer? Tell us about what you've been up to. Uh, we can get we we'll get into a lot of stuff as we go, but uh, just tell us what's going on right now. Uh, well, we've been on a pretty good run uh, with Richard's rodeo doing rodeos across Alberta and Saskatchewan and and uh, we've been on a pretty good run so we're home for the for the rest of August basically so we're going to take off and go to the lake with the kids here at the end of this week and uh, my cousins have a boat on the on Lake Windermere where my mom and her sister own a cabin so we're going to go water ski and such for a couple days um so you're going to the lake for the first time in like a decade, you said? Well, we went in um, 2020. Um, when there was no rodeos. When there was no rodeos, we took the kids and went to the lake. But the the cabin and, and that has been in our family since before I was born or whatever. And and uh, we went quite a bit as kids. But when we started rodeoing and stuff, we I haven't... That's the first time I'd been in probably 15 or 20 years was 2020. So I'm excited to go back again this year. It's kind of funny how things have changed a little bit since since we got shut down for a year. But I know I've like kind of changed some priorities and mm-hmm. things are a little bit different now than they were a couple of years ago. Like I'm not as worried about getting to 75 rodeos in a summertime. No yeah. offense to the 73rd rodeos, but like, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, no. it's, just, I just, it's a different priorities. It uh, it is. It made a guy reevaluate a lot of things, and and family time is uh, away from the rodeos is a a much needed thing I, yeah. I, it's important too right it it's is important and uh we want to we want to 
spend time with our kids in more avenues than just rodeo. So we're we're taking some time to go to the lake. Well, it's, it's a nice thing to do because a lot of even like for us growing up, like a lot of our family time was spent going to rodeos all summer. I know I've, I always get made fun of all the time because I can't swim. And I never got to take swimming lessons in the summer because we we're always going rodeo on or doing stuff with the ranch. So I mean, like, it's it's one of those things that COVID did was kind of make a person reevaluate what that family time is, and being able to take that time to go to the lake or do a few things that a person doesn't get to do is pretty valuable when you look at it from a grand scheme of things. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and and uh, when we did go to the lake in 2020, we didn't know it was it was even happening, but. Uh, Brett Kissel did a concert on the lake from oh, from, um, Brett, from Brett from Wilson's, Brett Wilson's house. house. So we yeah. took our boat down there and cool. parked on the boat and went to the show. Didn't do any keg stands, but saw the <laughs> neighboring <laughs> boat doing some and they thought about things it. like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow! Bikinis and keg stands and Brett Kissel. It was a pretty good, pretty good night on the lake. It's hard. It's hard to beat a day on the boat. It is. I wouldn't know. I've been on a boat in a while. <laughs> you, gonna, you need to get on a boat, man. Someday I'll get back on a boat. <laughs> um. Something that kind of really ties into that is we were talking about it before we jumped on here is kind of how it's it's affected the the rodeo weekend warriors or people entering rodeos. I know for you guys too, you mentioned that some of the events you've been lacking entries and all that kind of stuff, but COVID just kind of forced people's hands to figure some stuff out, which in turn has made it tough for you guys in the stock contracting business or people putting on rodeos is trying to find enough people to enter the rodeos. Well, yeah, that's just it. The the a lot of the like you said, the weekend warrior rough stock guys. It's uh, kind of who we depend on, and and with two years of nothing going on, they went and found something else to do and to try to talk them into coming back's been a challenge for sure. Like bareback riding's really struggling, and and uh, even the bull riding's struggling. Um, everybody's just spread really thin. There's a lot of places to go, and there's not that many people to go to them let's talk about your family first and going back uh so it's the devil head devil's head ranch is that right that's right and west of cochran yeah about 30 miles west and you guys have been there did did it start with your dad i don't know the story but did it start with your dad or did it start with his dad or what what was the beginning of, the, of richard's rodeo who started that um my dad started richard's rodeo um it's kind of a long story but i'll shorten it up uh, as best I can. We have time. You can make the you can take the long version today. Uh, my uh, my if I got the story all right, my grand my great grandfather and his brothers had a sawmill and a trading post on the Stony uh, Indian Reserve in 1900 to sometime in the 20s, and I think it burned down. Um, and so my grandfather was born in a shack about four miles from the Devil's Head Ranch. And uh, when he, in, in 1909, he was born. And then I think in about 34, they opened up some quarters for um, homesteading. And, and him and his brothers got three quarters right there and, and, uh, and a chunk of lease land and stuff. And, and that's where we're at now still. So. And yeah. so your dad started the rodeo side of things, though. Were some of the horses from the ranch originally, kind of like some of the... Well, yeah, like my like my great-grandfather and, and his brothers and that, I think they, at one time they ran over a thousand head of horses and, oh, and, and did army, re, raised army remounts and things like that in the early part of the 1900s. And um, and then uh, when my dad got into the bucking horses, he, he it was a, in the late 60s, early 70s, and... and uh, 
kind of his herd started with some wild horses around there that they'd catch and stuff and and uh and some of our stuff still goes back to one of his original wild studs that he caught back really? in the day named uh, johnson creek which named after where he caught him out of kind of deal and really and uh yeah we still got some blood that goes back to him so dang so are, they, cool. are there some horses that are like that are going now like because you did you sell a couple at the nfr last year did you before? Uh, I did last year. I took a couple down, and they were uh, they weren't they weren't back to that to that wildy blood. Uh, um, but some of our top end horses still are. My dad's got a stud, um, an eight year old stud right now that that goes back to that that he's using. And we don't know what his colts are like yet. We haven't really? got into them, but um, some of our some of our better end stuff still goes back to that. Really. Um. While we are talking about the Vegas and the Bucking Horse thing, I want to go. Uh, there's a lot of ways we can go, but I got to talk about the Vegas thing because that was one of the first times that there's been like a Richards horse really offered anywhere for sale, essentially, isn't it? Like you guys haven't done that very often. You specifically haven't taken any down to that sale really much, have you? Um, no, we haven't. Uh, we haven't ever really sold too many. Um, uh, my dad always just raised the kind that we needed for our rodeos and things like that, and and. Uh, my my dad sold one in 1974 at Danes's sale called Big Barley that my dad bought off the Stony Reserve, um, and he was a half a I think he was the the Mary was out of was one of the neighbor's plow horses and and uh, and that horse went to the he was at the time he was the highest selling horse in Canada and the third highest selling horse in the world and, really and, and what was the amount back then in '76. Forty-three hundred bucks, really, <laughs> in nineteen seventy-four. Wow. And, Which, like, and he, uh, I'm gonna look at this in a second. Keep going, because I'm gonna look at what the inflation is. And that that horse went to the NFR a few times. His name was Big Barley. He went to the NFR for Flying Five, is who bought him. Um, I think they set the arena record at Cheyenne on him. Wow. Um, Hawkeye Henson did one time, and and was that the and they brought that horse up to. They brought that horse up to the Calgary Stampede and the one uh, horse of Calgary with him. And who bought Fly, the horse again? Flying Five. Oh, really? Like in the Northwest? Yeah, like um, Lester Riley, maybe. Dang. So it says $4,300 in 1976 is equivalent to about $22,000 today. Yeah, so not bad for a plow horse off the res. That's 1976. Yeah. And, yeah. and having Dang. arena records on that horse? That's yeah. A, a plow horse mare? That's crazy. Yeah, Jeez. so that... That doesn't happen nowadays. And then, and then my dad sold another horse in the '80s that went to the NFR that was out of a, a wild horse stud or whatever, and to Harry Vold. And and other than that, my brother sold one that went to the NFR last year for Wayne Vold, Alberta Moon. And then I sold two last year at the sale. So. Dang. So not very many though, like less than ten ever. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. So two at once is the first time. All also, right? Didn't they go to the same person too? Yeah, Pete Carr bought both of them, and and they're they're looking really good down there. They've, uh, I think they were just eighty six on one of them at Cheyenne the other day in the bareback, and and the other one's doing really good too. They were they were eighty nine on it somewhere this winter. Oh wow! And, and, right on. Uh, it's looking really good. So dang. So is that something you guys intend to do more moving forward? Because like, I look at the the semi pro ranks right now, and there's hardly enough guys to get on those horses. Like you kind of probably want to sell some now or you kind of have to because you don't have enough work for them almost like what's the deal well that that's kind of been my plan has been to i want to raise those saleable type horses for other guys to take i have no intention of ever getting a card or 
making the miles even making right? the miles. yeah i'm perfectly content to stay at the local rodeos with our when you're trying to raise those really good ones mostly what you get is the the average ones and that's what we need at our rodeos but i want to set it up to where every year or two a guy does got one that he can go ring a bell with because to just rely on the rodeo money it's just not going to work so and i don't know what they sold for but it's like i would think it's a pretty good amount to make the worth the trip and right like like it makes it worthwhile to go do that and like you said because you can take a liner load of stock to a rodeo and make five to twenty thousand dollars in a weekend but you're not really making that much that's the gross yeah like your actual net out by the time you feed them and everything like it's really not a very hugely lucrative business no that's it they're they're paying their feed bill at the best so um i mean well one of them one of them sold for forty seven thousand and one sold for eighteen thousand american and yeah by the time it all converted and everything it was a pretty good it was it was a year's wages so yeah (laughs) yeah it's big that's not going to happen every year but no. If it could happen every couple, that'd be... be huge. That'd be huge, it Makes yeah. the time you put into them right. worthwhile, right? That's totally. the one thing that people don't understand, I think, is the amount of time that gets put into like making these great horses and great bulls. you got to put a handful of years into them before they even ha- you can even consider bringing them down to that kind of stuff. Well, I've had these horses in my imagination for 15, 20 years, mm-hmm. and, and it took that long to, to get one like that, so I'm, I hope it doesn't take that long again because that's <laughs> part of my plan is to... To have to have one or two like that every couple of years. So, what did those two go back to, and what like what are their names, and how do we follow them if we're watching down there? I I, I just don't know this right now. Um, one of them's um, six fifty Uptuck, and she's a uh, six year old bay mare. Uptuck, what is the Uptuck. name? Of <laughs> <laughs> That's a sweet name. <laughs> oh, wow, this is an uncensored show. So yeah, you know, you, you, the, the first time I bucked her, I was just glad I wasn't wearing sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I watched Super Bad last night, and they talk about you talked about the Uptuck on Super Bad. <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> there you go. Uh, so she was a six-year-old, six-year-old man. <laughs> yeah, and her. Her mother is a mare that, that's oh, another long story, but she originated from Wayne Vold. Okay. And and the, the stud is uh, is a stud that I raised that, that, that goes back to um, some Calgary blood and that I was fortunate enough to get my hands on and and some Sankey blood and some uh, Bud Kirby blood and it's kind of all mixed in there and... and uh, and the other one was out of a a, a mare called Muc, no uh, Desert Rose from Ace Northcott that went to the CFR in the bareback and and the same stud so right on mm-hmm. and, and then, uh, and then you Continental said Suit is that one's name yeah. Continental Suit Continental okay. Suit yeah so who's who's coming up with all these names yeah we gotta, uh, I, gotta, I, gotta I, I like names. that it's, cool. it's, it's pretty cool how. Uh, some contractor and stuff. Some people are just that much better at naming their stuff than other folks. <laughs> we yeah, we spend a lot of time <laughs> thinking about and naming our stock and making sure that. Uh, I think that where we're at rodeo and stuff like that, if you can get some of the the town folk and some of the people uh, interested in the names and paying attention, if you have George and Sally and Bob, the, if you can name them some sweet names people are going to pay attention and watch and talk about it and anytime you can raise a little bit of awareness about what we do that's great so i did like carl john duffy had a bull named carl one time and i asked him about carl i was like, I was like how'd you name carl and he's like carl is one bad dude <laughs> and he was just like a muley herford 
And he was like the nicest bull to get on, but it was like Carl. Yeah. He also had one called RV. There's one called Ted going right now. It's like one of the best bulls in the country. Yeah, and it turns out that that bull is named after Corey Schmelnick. They they called him Ted because Ted Gurney, like you know who Ted Gurney is, yep. does a lot of the. He's like the stock boss for the for the PBRs and the NFR and like a lot of the big shows. And apparently they call, like Ted has like not much for. This is Corey's story that Ted doesn't have a lot to say. Like it's kind of like, but he's has an incredible memory with names and brands and everything. Like he knew Bushwhacker was like 13 over six and like the, uh, you know, like the, a lot of these, he knew them by brand. Like he knew, he knew the animals. It was quite impressive, but there wasn't much else. Like it was like, Hey, yeah, we're going to do this and that. But it wasn't like, Hey, how are you? Nice to see you. Like kind of to the point. So that's what Ted was named after. Ted Gurney. So was named after you. Cor- no, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that cool. So what do you guys do to keep track of your bud- oh. bloodlines then? Can we tell you one more thing? Yeah, yeah of course. What's man. your favorite horse name that you haven't used it or your favorite one? We can't give it away that you can't have it used yet. Yeah, but if they if they if he says it on here, then we can go back and refer to it and be like, uh-huh. hey, so <laughs> he's pulling out the list. He said, he said it on the show in August of twenty twenty two. So this fuck is you so guys, you can't proof. steal Billy's name. This is proof. You heard I, it here a- first. Look at his list, I don't man. Know. Oh, my gosh. One. Oh, really? These are all your favorite ones you haven't used yet? Yeah, Plum we, Saucy. Plum Saucy. Are they in alphabetical order? Plum Saucy is a good name. <laughs> I'll tell you that story later. <laughs> <laughs> Pitter Patter, Hands. Needle Mosquito. Cousin Eddie, Whiskey Smoke, Hobo hobo Style. <laughs> That's like the, the littlest hobo. It's in a song. Yeah. Bobby maybe, Sue. Maybe tomorrow. Toot Sweet. Needle Mosquito. Oh, I like that one. Mm-hmm. Two Zigzags. Colt 45. I see where those two came from. Rock me gently, yeah. Cheesy stains. That's like. <laughs> <laughs> I already have one named Cheesy Stains. <laughs> it's an orange and white paint. <laughs> and it's like if you just cheesy imagine really like good. eating cheesies in your tidy whities and then like you, the handprint across yeah. the butt cheek. <laughs> That's a, so orange and white paint That's is cheesy, cheesy stains. stains yeah. And for those of our friends in America that listen right now, cheesy stains. Uh, it, could be Cheeto, it could be Cheeto stains. Yeah, cheesies are the same as Cheetos, only they're Canadian and they're very salty. There's a very high sodium content. And they're kind of like, they're almost like cardboard. Like they're like a little like. But they're so hard, good. But they're so good. Chip shaped thing that are, they're not chips. They're like a, I don't know, like cheese like logs that are like, like. They're made out cheese. of corn. Corn. Yeah. They're yeah. corn. Yeah. Uh, we call it, I don't know, corn Concentrate. Snacks. I don't know what that is. <laughs> They're very delicious. <laughs> corn concentrate. Storm, Storm eats them in the basement. Uh, I'll buy cheesies and then she'll just snack on them downstairs and I'll find a half-open bag of cheese. I found a half-open bag of cheesies last night in the storage room that you've been snacking on. That's sneaky cheesies. <laughs> Sneaking cheesies. Sneaking cheesies. Oh, I want I got to look at some more here. How do we How do we look uh, at more of these? I don't know. Right there. Oh, here we go. Okay, so Cheesy Stains, yeah. Cheesy Stains is great. Muckluck Annie, that's a good Canadian name. Oh, dear. Continental Suit you already got. Already used. Monkey's Uncle, that'd be a good <laughs> name, too. China Grove, yep. Southern Trespass, that one's already used, too. Oh, yeah? That's oh, when geez. you have. Second Wind's a good one. Beaver Canoe. <laughs> 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 Don't you remember Beaver Canoe? <laughs> <laughs> it was a clothing line. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was. <laughs> oh my god, Mike Mike Concho. Where's <laughs> Mike Concho? Yeah, Mike Concho. Mike Concho returns. That'd be a sweet. That's a good horse name too. <laughs> <clears throat> oh dear, it's funny because Wacy put out a TikTok about Mike Concho. <laughs> <laughs> what was the What was the deal? Oh, the Team Ropers one. Yeah, and what was it? The they are like, trying to get fuel money. 
<laughs> yeah, that's a good. I forgot. That's a good one. That's from the vault already. Now, my concho. My concho. <laughs> spread the butt cheeks is my concho. <laughs> 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 oh, this is a good one for Wacy Ice Ice Baby. <clears throat> I was gonna name Uptuck Ice Ice Baby because Uptuck's mom is Black Ice. Oh, really? Uptuck's way. I change it to Uptuck. Oh dear, Whiskey Nose. That's Dwayne Erickson, right? Uh, yes. That was his old name. Yeah, there's a Whiskey Cheeks in there too. The which story? Whiskey Cheeks. Whiskey Cheeks. I'm starting to get those. Is that are they See? coming yeah, down? You are. Yeah. Well, I must yeah, have yeah, real bad yeah, ones. Yeah. Mine are real red. Yeah, yeah. I got real bad ones. Got the good yeah. whiskey. Oh yeah. man. <laughs> Bannock slap. Oh, it's already used. Too. <laughs> I also like. I also like. What the fuck? <laughs> That's so good. I'm a wizard sleeve. <laughs> what, 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 what is a wizard sleeve? Ah, uh, fuck. <laughs> it's like really big at the end. <laughs> oh, ridiculous! High karate. Nerd alert. That's, that's the one that's, named after me. That's what you come up on my phone as. Nerd alert. Nerd alert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, balloon. <laughs> balloon <laughs> <laughs> See, the people that know will find it funny, and the people that don't know will be like, ah, I the don't fuck get is it. That? That's stupid. I don't get it. A moccasin kick's good, too. <laughs> but, but balloon knot, though, is funny, because that seems like a very it's a very tender girl <laughs> slash mad muskrat thing that would have come up in the dressing room i had one named knocking moccasins but <laughs> he sucked but i kept him for like five years because he had a sweet name yeah I just got, kept back yeah that's him. one you just gotta <laughs> let him ride out oh man that's Holy. so funny tips mcgee bebop rooney rooney bebop rooney bebop rooney rosin socks <laughs> Already used. <laughs> <laughs> Rosin sock sounds like something. I don't know what, where to go with that. Smush shush. I already used too. Oh dear. That's a. You don't want to know what a smush heavy pe- is. heavy petting. <laughs> <laughs> Snagging blanket. Oh man. Okay, we got. We're gonna give away all the good names. Yeah. We gotta keep some of these under wraps. Oh yeah. Here's a good one for you, Bill, to use. Dirt snake. Dirt snake. <laughs> yeah, dirt snake. <laughs> Who's that named after? Oh, so so Storm's friend Maddie. I, we just were in Banff with her the other day because they were the two. These two were gonna go uh, go and do some. Uh, they were going to do. You're good. You can you can lean back. You got lots of space. Uh, they were going to do some hiking, but then the hiking got canceled and something happened. And then her friend Maddie's very crude but very hilarious. Like she's very honest about her feelings and what's going on, I guess. And she was she just made this comment because her like Maddie and I can really get going on some really crude shit and be like gives make storm feel very uncomfortable in public but so maddie was like yeah and then the, one of the dogs honked out a dirt snake right on the sidewalk <laughs> 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 and then uh then i've been i've been using that line a little bit because it's it's funny yeah yeah dirt snake's funny well, we'll type it in there put it on the list <laughs> put it, on, put the it list. on the list <laughs> dirt snake. so what's your favorite one you've used so far Oh, cheesy stains by far. Cheesy stains is not bad. Gaunch launch is okay. <laughs> <laughs> gaunch launch. Does gaunch launch launch some gaunch very often? He's okay. Yeah, he's pretty good. He, <laughs> what do the announcers think of these names? Oh yeah, they have fun with it they have for fun sure. With them? They have oh, fun with it. Yeah. 
It'd be funnier if they would like see them as they're like about to announce them. Be like, I don't. I can't yeah, say this. We gotta surprise them. <laughs> they, they, don't do, like, they don't do their homework. They're still like, I can't say this. Just put their <laughs> just put their brands in the draw and then just That's bring right. up the probably printed <laughs> off in the program so they'll see the day sheet. Like, what is this? Oh, Dirt half snake. The, half the fun, <laughs> the fun is leaving leaving like having them in the program so you could like like do you do you guys have you saved programs at the house? Yes. Oh yeah. 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 Definitely. We used to have a bowl called the Black Bastard from Parts Unknown. <laughs> <laughs> and we only took him to one rodeo, but he got and he got turned out. So the announcer never even got to say it, but we did keep the program. Oh, really? <laughs> he was just B B B P F U at home is what we called him. Oh, really? Yeah, B P F U. Oh dear. F P U. Whatever. There, there was a there was a green a green Johnson for a long time, but the, like the green bastard would be a good bull. Right. You can't say bastard on the microphone though. Probably that's probably offside. Probably could though. It's twenty twenty two. Yeah. What about if you had a if you had no rules on like uh, foul language on the microphone at rodeos? Like, what would you name a horse then? Do you have any like the offside names that you, oh. that didn't make the list? I try to keep the offside ones to where people that get it aren't offended by it, and people that would be offended by it don't get it. <laughs> Does that make any sense? Totally, it that makes sense. Like my mom, sense. my mom thinks my names are just stupid, but it's because they're over her head. <laughs> She doesn't get it. So that's kind of like... She doesn't understand what a Southern Trespass is, and that's probably for the best. (laughs) 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 That's like kind of what we were talking about like a few shows ago about Debbie Does Dallas. Oh, that's a great. Oh, name. Yeah, it's a sweet. It has a sweet name, but <laughs> yeah. like, if you Most get it, you get it. it. If you don't, you don't. <laughs> exactly. Like that's so something. That, it really isn't that offensive, but it's like if you know it, like it's. Porn yeah, if you're offended 80s. by it, you've seen it. You've seen the porn. Yeah. yeah you, so you're exactly. actually you know better. And than your me. name is probably Karen. Oh, here you might want that for your behind your back. <laughs> me? Yeah. Oh, it makes it much more comfortable. Are we doing a podcast or we're watching Netflix? We're lounging. We're lounging. Oh. This is our lounging area back here. Oh. <laughs> That's oh funny. man! So, what's your favorite name somebody else has used that you couldn't use because they already used it? Oh, gee, I don't know. Is it Debbie Does Dallas? <laughs> <laughs> one, t- one time, Bobby Stevens had a bull that he called Broken Shaft because he had a broken dick. And they were like, he brought like high school rodeos all the time. So, like they have the announcer at the high school rodeo, like, yeah, but here he comes, uh, Wacey Anderson on Broken Shaft. Okay. So that's been entertaining. Sorry, go back to your so selling. So, but anybody even like selling selling these horses and stuff like. Would you be sad if they changed their name if they had a really, really sweet like Uptuck? If up, is Uptuck still called Uptuck with the guys? He's yeah. Okay. Yeah, he kept the name because oftentimes like people will sell their stock and they like it's an instant Changes. name change, which is sucks. But for you sure, can't change a name like Uptuck. No, you can't. Um, I had one called Rusty Trombone one time, <laughs> and um, I sold it at a sale. And the guy that bought it, I seen him years later, and he said, "I had no idea what the hell a Rusty Trombone was, so I just shortened it to Rusty." <laughs> That's lame. <laughs> so when I told him what a rusty trombone was, he was quite disgusted. <laughs> <laughs> so it's probably for the best that that one got changed. Yeah. You know, it's got to just like look up like the wildest name for sex moves and just Unurban na- dictionary and just, and just name the whole <laughs> yeah, horses yeah. after him. But like, what's how I met your mother has some crazy names for like Canadian sex moves. I can't remember what it is. Like some of them are, but they're fucking ridiculous. To be good horse, because like if you know them, you know, and if you don't know, like no, like it'd go right over your head. So just be like, oh, this guy's an idiot. But <laughs> yeah, exactly, funny shit. exactly. Oh. I, I had a mare that got loose on the reserve one time, and <laughs> I got some good. A cu- couple of years later, we finally found her, and she had a colt on her. So I named the 
called Romancing the Stony. <laughs> Romancing the Stony. <laughs> That's a good one too. So Billy, we uh, on we, the topic of awesome horse names. Yeah, we have some names to present to you, AC. Uh, I think you should go first. Okay, my first uh, my first one to pitch is the <clears throat> is the two handed Zamboni. <laughs> 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 what is the meaning of two? I don't know what it means. I don't. I don't know what it means. Where'd you find the? Where'd you find that? I just on a on the. I was looking at the how I met your mother. Canadian sex acts. Oh um, my god! Two handed zamboni is my one of my Two handed zamboni. <laughs> I I personally like the Manitoba milk bag. That was pretty good. How about oh. five legged caribou? Five five what? <laughs> five legged caribou. <laughs> Is that a caribou with a big horn? I don't know, but it sounds crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what was the thing about dark <laughs> the reverse Rick Moranis? <laughs> Moranis. Uh, oh dear. A sneaky snowplow. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, how about a Saskatoon totem pole? That's a good one too. <laughs> Oh my god! Or a greasy kayak. <laughs> what was your canoe one? Oh fuck! Beaver canoe. Uh, that was a know. that was a clothing line. Like they had a I whole store. That. My oh, mom used to take me to Market Mall, and I'd buy a beaver canoe sweater. <laughs> what about a sticky <laughs> flapjack? <laughs> <laughs> There's a, yeah, I love oh, those names to your list. That's so bad. That's that awesome. Great. I hope that you like some of these names. <laughs> That's the best. Yeah, they're pretty good. Okay, Wace, you were asking before we got oh. on, <laughs> on that rabbit hole of well, hilarity. so with all these awesome names, there has to be some bloodlines involved, and and how? So, what do you guys do to keep track of everything and kind of keep everything in order so you know like which horses are out of the the wild studs or uptuck or all that kind of fun stuff? No, it's pretty basic, really. We just have a spiral notebook and and we write down what they look like and feet are white and what their <laughs> strip looks like and what their star looks like or whatever mm-hmm. and 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 uh and then we brand them obviously with a number brand when they're a yearling we brand them and and uh back to what you were talking about earlier we uh i know them all by number because they're for the first four or five years of their life they're just a number they don't mm-hmm. i mean the odd one might get a name here or there beforehand but we usually start naming them when they go to a rodeo so we just know them by the numbers for quite a while. And do you have kind of an idea of who are going to be your next ones that you mentioned before? You like to have a hope to have a few um, ones that you can bring down to the U.S. and sell. Do you kind of get a good idea who that might be at the beginning, or is that kind of a overtime process? Um, it's an overtime process. Like when we dummy our colts and stuff, the the ones that really knock your socks off, they're not the ones that are the better, the really? best five year olds. And we'll dummy them when they're kind of long two-year-olds once and maybe again when they're three and then we'll put a rider on them when they're four and anyways by the time we get them to to five six years old it's the mediocre type ones that are performing better than the the ones that originally dropped your jaw sort sort of right so Uh, billy i uh i gotta go back because i forgot about the olympics forgot about the olympics i forgot about like the I remember the rookie of the year thing from '01, but like let's get into your career. Yeah, let's talk so about rodeo, the rodeo side of things though. I remember, I remember one ride too at the CFR Royal Visit. You were like 87 points on the Sunday of the CFR. I think, I think you won the round that day. Maybe you wore the buckle for a long time from the '03 CFR. I think. Yeah, that was um, that was that the '04 CFR. The River City Roundup. Back a long time ago. The um, 
in 2003, I had Royal visit in the last round, and all I had to do was was ride her to be the Canadian champion, and she bucked me off. And then I had her again the next year in one of the middle rounds, and I rode her that day. So and won the round too, right? Won the round, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I remember, I remember that ride, and I, I remember Kelly Armstrong being like 91 on some bull on a Sunday or something too. But I remember that year because then I think I think that 04 year was the year that Tanner. Gerlitz rode like Beetlejuice for like 88 or 89, one of those first few rounds. Yeah, it could be to, for sure. That's going back a long ways. And, hmm. and uh, <clears throat> yeah, that, uh, that Royal visit's always going to stick in my mind for two reasons. One, it cost me um, a Canadian championship, and one of my favorite rides ever was also on it. So, <laughs> I, 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 I had, double edged sword there. Yeah, I had her again years later, again at. Uh, Kalispell and she bucked me off again. Really? So, yeah. Were there? Is that the one that stands out the most, or are there other ones? Um, one of my favorite rides actually was in Stavely on um, Awesome. Do you remember that horse? Yeah. Of Wayne's, a big paint. Yeah. Um, guys had trouble with it, and and uh, I just happened to get along with it that day. It was one of my favorite rides, and and I remember as a steer rider, <clears throat> I once. <clears throat> Sorry, I won Stavely one time too. So that was one of the rodeos I won in the steer riding Inside. and the bronc riding. And I have both the buckles from 20 years apart kind of thing. So it's kind of neat too. There's so lots of things that are neat that are neat for one reason or another. It's hard to say what's one over the other kind of thing. What's your most memorable ride ever in your career? Oh, yeah, I don't know. There's don't there's know. lots. And, and uh, I feel like to me one of the most memorable ones was was the ride on Awesome at Stavely because I was towards the end of my lifespan and to me it almost proved that I still had it and so that one was pretty neat for me. There was lots over the years that were great and in in neat places like when you get to go to Cheyenne or Pendleton and those rodeos and compete at them. It's just regardless of how you do, it's just a really neat experience and stuff. So. Were, weren't you, like, pretty high up in the world standings the year you got in the wreck at the Wild Ride in Red Bluff? Is that right, or am I remembering that wrong? Um, yeah, I think you're remembering it wrong. Um, yeah. I didn't get in a wreck in the Wild wild Ride. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. I thought, I thought you broke your leg in, in Red Bluff in the Wild Ride one time. No. Who no. Was, or is that Rod Hay? I don't know. I won the Wild Ride in Red Bluff. Yeah. Yeah, but I Dressed didn't. Dressed as a lady? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I remember the picture, because there, there's a really cool picture from there that you were in the Wild Ride and Ref Bluff. But I thought some, I thought you got hurt there and no, I didn't get hurt. or something. I okay. didn't get hurt. No. I'm sorry. I, uh, he I won it. He didn't get hurt. Up. He won it. Okay. I, yeah. Sweet yeah. saddle, too. Yeah, I got the saddle still at home. The maybe it was Taos Muncie was leading the world and got hurt real bad in the Wild Ride. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sure there's lots of stories like that. <laughs> okay, for sure. okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, don't. No, it's good. Um, Sweet saddle, though. Yeah, it's it is. I still use it every once in a while. It's a nice, nice team roping saddle, and so every once every five years when I go team roping, I still use it. <laughs> <laughs> what are what are some of your favorites of those American rodeos that you got to compete at? Like, not a lot of guys from up here get to go down, and like you said, it's it's cool. No matter how you do, it's just cool to kind of be in that atmosphere and be around those those guys and 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 do it. Yeah, how many um, guys go and do it? Yeah, it is. It was it was really neat. Uh, back then because there wasn't all the I remember being a, a young kid and and my dad being a subscriber to the sports news and and cutting pictures out and taping them to my wall and cutting pictures of buckles out of the newspaper and 
scotch taping who, them to my wall. Who and were who were the guys, and what were the buckles? Well, they were just <clears throat> Billy Upbauer was always a huge deal to me. Um, actually, one time at at Red Deer at the Silver Buckle Rodeo, it's one of my one of my boys wears the buckle now um, that are pretty. Um, recognizable buckles or whatever the old red deer ones and, and silver buckle rodeo <clears throat> the silver buckle rodeo and like a winter rodeo yeah time, it? it was uh yeah maybe February? in march april something like that and um when i was done riding my steer i was just sitting up in the stands and i happened to be sitting beside billy etbauer was up there too and and he visited me up and and uh that was really neat for for a young kid like me and then and then later that next year, I got to go to uh, the NFR <clears throat> on a trip with Tyler Martins, actually. And, um, really? And, um, yeah, Don and Lila Dillabo sponsored it. And it was, uh, um, so we both got to go to the NFR. And, and that was the year that Billy Epauer won his first world championship. And, and 95 Cody, or when did that have been? 92. 92. Yeah, and Cody Custer won his world championship. That and we got to go for the 8th, ninth, and 10th rounds. Did one of you ride a steer in the opening, too? Did I write a... No, no. Well, that was a different time. Because Miles been. Pennington did that in, like, 98. Oh, is that right? Like, Canadian night, they had, like, a... He, like, rode a steer in the NFR. Oh, wow. I thought he was full of shit, but then he provided a picture. So oh, was that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I thought this was, like, maybe the start of that or something. I didn't know. Yeah, I don't know. So, they'd, they'd done that before, too. And and um, so, that was really neat as a kid, right? Like, that when there isn't the, the media mm-hmm. that there is nowadays and you're reading it in the newspaper to get to go see those guys in person... It was a deal. really big deal. You wouldn't even get to sit in the sands with them. Right. Like that when it go sit with Setson Ray and Rodeo now, that would never happen. Like no, that'd be totally. swarmed, right? Right. So and it's uh that's just something that stuck with the guy forever. And those guys, the Billy Upbowers, Cody Custers, some guys are are uh thirty some years later still still the guys that uh I looked up to then and, and, and still do. Uh the Olympics. Let's talk about that a little bit. In O two in Salt Lake, right? You were part yeah. of that, and I like. I'm sorry, I don't remember right now. But did did you get a medal there? Am I remember that wrong too? Or yeah, no, I didn't. I did. You were there though, and competed, and it was probably a hell of an experience. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was really neat. I forget where we had came from, um, somewhere in Texas or whatever, and drove it was up winter. there it was for like February, it. Right? It was February, yeah. Because um, Denny won it, right? Denny won it, and Billy probably was Tom Reeves won second, oh, okay. and. Oh, who got bronze? I can't remember. But Schiffner got like split a bronze medal or something too, didn't he? Uh, I think he won around for he sure. Won around, yeah. yeah, I'm I not. Think he, I think yeah. he has a story about like he won the, la- the, medal with the last round. I think he won. Okay, it. yeah, yeah. Anyways, it was probably pretty ridiculous to be at the Olympics. Yeah, it was really neat, right? Like, yeah, and just a twenty-year-old kid or whatever. Your second 21. year in the PCA. Yeah, and. Uh, it was really neat. It was an experience that um, at the time was cool, but now it's um, just a once in a lifetime. Like everybody gets to go to Cheyenne, and mm-hmm. all, I mean, all you gotta do is have a card to go to the rodeos. But yeah. not, not everybody got to go do something like that. So that was pretty neat. How'd right. you get into that? How'd that even happen? Like? <clears throat> um, How'd they, they pick? They they took their qualifications were. I think the Canadian champion, the CFR average champion, um, the highest um, Canadian in the world standings, maybe the Rodeo Royal champion or the Calgary Stampede champion or something. And then those four um, picked the fifth and they 
I was the one that them picked four you. picked. Yeah. That's so Denny cool. and who else picked you? Um, Probably Denny Rod. Denny, Roddy, Rod Warren, and Guy Shapka. Really? Yeah. Dang. Yeah. That's pretty cool to be the guy selected. Yeah, kind of as a how, kid. Yeah, how many too. people are going? Yeah. Yeah, I remember sitting at my parents' kitchen table one evening and somebody from the Seabury phoning and Hey, you're going to the Olympics. You're going to the Olympics, yeah. That's pretty really? cool. And, that, yeah. and that'll probably never happen again. Like, having rodeo at the Olympics will probably never see It might that. not. Unless yeah. we have an Olympics here or something. Yeah. yeah. But our <laughs> stupid mayor might fuck <laughs> it up we, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll never, probably yeah, never right? see that, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah probably, probably won't happen again. What do you remember from the Olympics? I remember that my mom and her twin sister, my Auntie Judy, and... Uh, my girlfriend Katie at the time and my cousin Lara all drove down and them four slept in the two beds and I had to sleep on the floor of my own hotel room. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one day I'll bring the VHS tapes over and show you guys too. I have all three rounds on VHS. Really? That's yeah, cool. That's how long ago that was. No way. Yeah. That's oh, really two. cool. That'd be awesome to watch. Dang. Yeah. And we all got shaps and... Yeah. And stuff. Oh, so. yeah, I remember because Bob Bauer used to keep Robert Shaps in, yeah. the, in the high st- point. In high point. Yeah, yeah, that was always right. one of the coolest things about going there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Dang. And that was like, besides Calgary, that was like one of the only times that there's been anything like that before, besides like now the PBRs, Global Cups. And on, on a rodeo level, though, like doesn't happen. Like a no. team. Uh, the only other one we could say is like, is like the Brazil trips when they had those, all those international rodeo yeah. kind of events there. Like when we're going to one in Mexico and there was like, 19 countries represented. I went there with Steven Turner. <laughs> <laughs> Scoob and I had quite the ridiculous time in Mexico. Yeah, I bet you Mexico. did. I bet. They let us open the pool at like 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, and we were all in the pool and like having a really wicked time. And I remember Steve, I remember for some reason I was drinking vodka Red Bull. Class, that's a good thing for you to drink. But in Mexico, and I was like, you know, it was before I really knew that I had anxiety. And then I just like woke up on Sunday. Or no, I woke up on Monday morning because there was a... Saturday, Sunday rodeo. So there was a rodeo Sunday night. And then I had to get back to school Monday, like in New Mexico. And I was with Tammy Joe Bruin and Justin Kurtz. They were with me because they were going to school there. And I somehow rounded them up to come with me to Mexico for the weekend <laughs> <laughs> to this rodeo. And somehow Scuba like, was like trying to make the CFR that year and was like pretty close to not making it and turned out of some big rodeo at home to go to this Mexico rodeo because it was in, like, August, like, late August. (laughs) And then turn like, goes to the next rodeo next weekend and still makes CFR and wins another all-around title. But it was, like, like 09 or something. Damn. Yeah, that's crazy. And, yeah, we had a ridiculous time. But I remember waking up in the morning and my heart was just, like, beating out of my chest in the (laughs) hotel he drank probably a case of Red Bull. And just, like, (laughs) Mexican Red Bull. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> just freaking the. Fuck out. And then I had to go wake up Justin and Tammy because we had to catch a flight. Like we were on the way down, we were like only there was only four of us on the plane. It was us three and one other guy on like a pretty big plane going down there because it was the height of like the swine flu and like Mexican <laughs> drug fights. Like it was some wild shit. And then those two were like trying to take pictures of the Mexican like like the army in the back of the trucks with their machine guns. And I was like, you guys should probably maybe like. Not maybe do just that. not do that. Like, just go ahead and put your phone down, and <laughs> you just take a me- take a mental picture and just just move along. Put in the memory bank. <laughs> put that in the memory bank and just <laughs> put the phone down. So, oh, <clears throat> so, but that brings me to Brazil, though. The like, kind of like, I wouldn't say another Olympic rodeo, but they had like these international rodeos. Remember, you you went, you went, Bespoke went, Tanner Gillets went to this Rio Preto in the middle of Brazil. I remember going to a. Like we were talking about before, we went to a, like a press conference thing they had, and then somehow I don't know if I called you to go or if I called Tanner or like what happened, but somehow you ended up going to Brazil, and it was like a fucking wild time. 
And so you rode like the, the terror bronc of Brazil. Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. Like the craziest bronc in Brazil. Like you rode this this horse. The TP terror. Yeah, the, no, it was, but it was the, t- the terror <laughs> right? of Brazil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. The horse. But then like there was some like it was like a big fucking deal that you rode this horse. So you got to you got to tell us the story because this is of epic proportions. Yeah, so uh, when we first got over there, we went to the first couple nights was a bull riding and and uh that's when we first started getting the scope of how crazy Brazil was going to be, right? Like, and it's like 40,000 people a night, right? Like oh, it's a huge it's, amount. And it doesn't it doesn't stop. It's just 24/7 and just 90 point bull rides left and right right like and tame bulls every yeah bulls tied to the fence and and uh spinning out 90s on great big brahmas and humps (laughs) and and just 90 point legit bull rides everywhere like oh it was just crazy and just people just didn't quit it was all night long the rodeo Um, doesn't start till like 8 or 9 or 10 p.m either right yeah right and so when the rodeo part actually came along so that's what they do obviously over there is raise a lot of bull riders but they don't do a lot of bronc riding and bareback riding and things like that so they got gutiana which is a mix between bareback and saddle bronc yeah which they didn't even have at this one but i have seen it and it looks no thanks yeah but uh, (laughs) they're basically bouncing up and down on like a little saddle pad with like little english stirrups like bareback riding an English saddle. One in an English oh, saddle. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and with a rain, I think, even. Yeah, I don't know. it's absurd. Um, <clears throat> Anyways. So the bronc riding and, and bareback riding is not as nearly as strong over there as the bull riding is. And they had they had taken some horses over there from the States, like this this one that had never been ridden. Nobody could ride it. Uh, I think it came from Harry Vold, actually. and and um, Something that Harry had enough of up here and just, like, Fuck this thing. Yeah, he's just, well, he's just a pretty <laughs> nice horse, right? He is a nice horse, just an average run-of-the-mill. Oh, really? So nothing crazy? Nothing crazy at all. But, okay. But um, it had never been rode, and <clears throat> I rode it, and and later that night, like 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, we're in a little, just a random cafeteria somewhere, restaurant type of thing, <clears throat> and somebody recognized me as... That's Billy. Billy, the guy that rode the unrideable. Do you remember the name of the horse? horse. No, I don't even remember what its name <laughs> was. Horso Loco? <laughs> 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 I wish you had the name of that horse so you could name one of your horses after Yeah, that there one. you go. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they put on quite a show for me in the restaurant. They started chanting my name and nice. it was like, Billy. Put, yeah, <laughs> put me on their shoulders like I was some sort of folk hero or whatever. You probably still God. are to this day. I know. Like, you go back right? to like, oh, Billy. I know. There's a statue of you on this horse. <laughs> right? and, uh, it was just the greatest time. Like, oh man, we had so much, so much fun over there. And and uh, um, one one of the things I remember the most is the the plumbing for the shitters was. <laughs> it's like Very I don't know, like one inch or whatever, and we didn't know what we were supposed to do, so we kept plugging it up. And finally, the maid or front desk lady came and showed us because she didn't speak any English. She came and showed us that there's a little hose here with a trigger on it, and you just wash your ass off with it, okay. and then and then you just dab your ass with the paper to dry it. And oh. put the paper in the garbage. You're not supposed to put the paper down the toilet. Toilet. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Yeah, so that took a little getting used to. But <laughs> Dang. Just yeah. put, your dirty, put your dirty butt wipe in the garbage? Well, it's not dirty butt wipe because you, wash you washed it off with it's water. It's just drying your... It's just... It's like a bidet. It's self self Dry, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two weeks of that. You were there for two weeks? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> That kind of stuff's like that. That's like the most memorable type of thing. Like it's it's more it's less the the rodeo part of it. It's like just being in these all these crazy exactly. places with your yeah. buddies and having a good time. Yeah. Like getting that's sunburned what, that's in the, the pool. Yeah, it's the yeah, best yeah, part of it. Right? You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Oh man. Clogging up the toilet of the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. No, we had a really good time, and then we weren't sure we were going to get paid when it was all over, and 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 they came into the uh, airport. As we were about to board with sacks full of cash and, and paid us, but they what? they were almost going to... We had an interpreter, um, his name was Arthur, and he was the only guy that ha- kind of had our backs. They were going to, I think, railroad us, but he held really? their feet to the fire, and we finally got paid, and it was all... It was all cash except for the huge check that I had that was the size of that hammock. That I had to, I still you still have, have it? it. Yeah. Still have it? Nice. It's the only big check I ever won. <laughs> That's the one thing I, I wish I would have won. won. A big check. <laughs> was it for like a million pesos or something? Or it was uh, reals. It was for reals. like, yeah, three, I forget how many. It was 3,000 bucks, I think it turned out to be. But oh, really? It was like 3 million Real Brazilian yeah. dollars. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a sweet you, uh, check. So what did you guys end up winning out of there? Like you got a whole bunch of cash? Like. Was it too much to like declare at the border? Anything ridiculous? No, like, I don't. Like, no, I don't think so. I don't oh, really? remember that. No, nobody had no trouble doing that. But um, and buckles, there was some buckles and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah so cool. it was good. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Uh, okay, we haven't got to leather yet. You, oh. you build. Uh, oh, before we got to the leather, I want to ask about some traveling partner stuff. Oh, oh that's a good one. That's so I, I always like lo- I always love hearing the traveling like partner a- stories. Or like, just like talk about some of the guys you travel with over the years, and maybe some fun stories from the road. And there's definitely gonna be some <laughs> quirky stories here. I can just uh, I can feel it. Man, you know, there's so many <laughs> stories for sure. Um, <clears throat> the best ones never are tellable. Sometimes, yeah, I don't yeah, know, that's fair. Right, understandable. Um, I don't know. I kind of started out, I was always kind of a naive from the middle of nowhere type of kid that didn't know what was going on. Again, there was no social media back in the day. There wasn't that. um, I was just a kid that didn't know nothing and guys would take me under their wing like Rod Warren took me under his wing and took me down to the to the States. um, Taught me a lot and looked after me and and set me up with with um, some other traveling partners like I traveled with Billy Epauer and Red Lemel and and I learned a lot from those guys and and uh without Rod taking me under his wing that probably wouldn't have happened and and uh <clears throat> I mean I don't want to leave anybody out for sure traveled with lots of people over the years uh like when we started out amateur rodeo with Kyle Thompson and and uh Dustin Flundra, Dustin Thompson all those guys we're and we're all still close today and and uh, uh, I guess to the kids out there, enjoy it while it lasts because someday all you do is phone each other once a year and, and, and have <laughs> yeah. a bullshit, you know. So Yeah, it's, it's, it changes quite fast <clears throat> over the years. How, how cool was that for you to, to travel with, with Billy Epauer after you said he had such a big influence on you as a kid and like yeah. having that moment with that rodeo in Red Deer and then you're actually heading down the road with him. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that was really neat because... Um, I, like I said, I was with Rod Warren and Dan Erickson at the time, and and they both had made the NFR already by the time Pendleton was over, and 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 I wanted to keep going, so they 
they set me up with Billy and Red and I got in with them and I got to travel that whole fall and stayed at Billy's house and and uh, they looked after me and entered me and carted me around and and uh, showed me the ropes and and them two made the NFR and I was just short. <laughs> I just missed it by 1600 bucks or something like Damn. that. So oh, man. Would have been neat. But we went everywhere, man. We went, rented planes to go to Mobile, Alabama and went to Florida and went all over that fall every little podunk rodeo trying to make the finals you know so dang would was there anything that you would have done differently that year to try and try and get there <clears throat> well i don't know i don't like to say i'd ever do anything differently um i probably wouldn't have been in charge of entering my own rodeos over the fourth of july and ended up <laughs> um, some pretty shady places because i missed entries for cody and Greeley. And, oh no all the big ones all the big ones i was kind of on my own at that time and i went winter i went winter rodeoing with some guys and then and then before i got on with rod i was kind of trying to look after myself and i missed a bunch of entries and he finally said just get in with us and let me look after you so had I not missed the entries for them rodeos, who knows, you know, but... Win one, check for two grand, you're fine. Yeah, but whatever. Huh. Did, uh, was it close any other years, too? No, that was the closest. Yeah, the next year, next year was going good, and, and then I got hurt, and, and, uh, and then the next year, um, I just stayed up in Canada, and then the next year, I went back down and got hurt again, and... Yeah, so that was the closest for sure. Was my first year. Huh. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. That was the year. That was the year. Huh. Yeah. Do you look back? Are there any regrets over the years? Like anything like that? Like. No, I try not to have those. I did for a while. Like, it's been so long. It's been over ten years since I've even been on one now that, it's all gone now. But there was always the. It always bothered me that I never made the NFR and never uh, was the Canadian champion and. Those things bothered me because I knew that I could have did it if I'd have wanted. Yeah, if you really wanted to. Um, but I didn't, so it bothered me. And I'm just in a totally different place in my life right now. That mm. That's a long gone, that's not even enters my mind anymore, really. I've got too much other shit on the go. Well, how, how is, how like moving in like from your rodeo and career into from the competitor side to the stock contractor side, how has that helped you competing at a high level into being a stock contractor on that side of things? More, more or less, I guess I just, I just want to have the type of horses and, and, and bulls that guys want to get on because, um, it, it's really hard to talk guys into getting on anymore. Mm-hmm. And if you're wrecking them out, they're not going to want to come and get on. So I know what kind of horses guys want to get on or should want to get on, I think. And that's what we try to try to raise. And that's what I kind of want to have around and stuff. But um, there's just even myself as a as a competitor, there was um, I was a I was a typical jerk competitor, too, even though I was raised in a rodeo producing family. Um, and, and now that the guys on the other side, sometimes you look back and you think, oh, man, I was selfish or mm-hmm. or I was whatever kind of. I was a dick or whatever, you know, and, and, and if there is any regrets to have, I guess that's, that's some of it is that I was a, I've always been a late maturer and it took me a while to see some of that stuff, I guess. So I'm up. Or uh, unless you just want to free ball and just, Oh, well, well, you want to get into the leatherwork side of things. That's one thing. Work for a little while. That's one thing. Yeah. You one thing that we, we've been meaning to get to all show. So dive a little bit into the Billy Richards leatherwork. Well, I guess I, 
start at the beginning. I went to a saddle making school in uh, Belgrade, Montana with uh, Dale Moore. Um, kind of to learn to make flanks and halters because I kind of knew that I'd probably never be able to afford to buy them. <laughs> um, so it was, built, it was out of necessity. Out of necessity. And I'd always been interested in leather work. My dad had done um, all of his own, made his own flanks, halters, pickup chaps, whatever. Um, Being an old cowboy, that's what old cowboys just know how to do that shit, right? So... Um, so I went to a saddle making school, learned how to make saddles and stuff. And, and, uh, and when I got home, I kind of concentrated on making flanks and halters for, for other guys and stuff. And, and it's kind of taken off and I've, I've, I've made quite a few flanks, flanks and halters that are, that are, uh, all over the world. So <laughs> it's like barking wieners. Is where, <laughs> where all have they gone? Talk about some of the places that they're, that they're your flanks and stuff for, and halters are working now. Um, well, C5 is one of my, uh, my biggest clients for sure. And they were one of my first clients and, um, Birch Rodeo also was one of my first ones. Um, Big Stone, um, Wayne Vold, uh, I've done some work for Calgary. Um, geez, the, li- the list just kind of goes on and on. I'm kind of on the, drawing a blank again here. I'm kind of on the spot. I get nervous, That's- but. Cool though. Um, it's cool. I, it's cool to have like to have those like kind of in your Rolodex of people of, yeah, like sending like you have kind of going over to the top dogs when it comes to like bucking horses and stuff. Yeah, like Powder Rivers got a pretty big set going, and I think there was eight or nine um, guys at the NFR using my flanks and halters, and um, I mean, I whatever it doesn't really matter, but like when they set the world record on Virgil's with one of my flanks, and I think that's pretty <laughs> cool. It's kind, of, it's kind of a cool little thing, though, right? It is, yeah, it it's is. sweet. Yeah, because yeah. you, you had a hand in it. Without totally. that flank, they probably wouldn't yeah, have been... Yeah, uh, right. Did they set the world <laughs> record or tie the world record? Or what? Yeah, right. Does I, Davies, Davies 95 from Calgary count? Or no? I, I, honestly, I don't even know. Whatever. So we got into you had some flanks going to the NFR, got some world record, world record got some world record flanks in there. Is that kind of uh, one of those things where you kind of you ask for the flank back and hang it on the wall? Or? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm need to buy that one back. Yeah, yeah. no, that, that's not a bad idea actually. Um, and it's kind of like an old buckle, you know. Yeah, like. and there's been some halters that a guy's made for um, like a Craig at midnight. Some of them horses um, uh, special halters just for them, and and I got the chance to make the the uh canadian champion halters for a couple oh, cool. of years too and and i always had uh pat from quebec you guys yeah. all know pat, pat from LaCroix. quebec pat yeah LaCroix. yeah yeah because he's the master at, at carbon and stuff in tulin so he would make the the fancy nose bands and i'd make the halters and we, we'd kind of team up on some of those fancier halters so there's a few of them out there too um uh yeah like craig at midnight's got one um uh, Tyson with C5 wants one for Virgil too, so we'll get that made up here this winter. And it's it, it, honestly, it's really neat. Um, I never got to go to the NFR, but I got pictures of guys winning rounds with uh, my halters and my flanks, and and uh, hopefully one day I'll have a horse going there too. And that's just oh, yeah. a special for me. So, so one of these horses you sold though could be there this fall. For the I first hope time, so. Right? Yeah, yeah, hopefully. I told the. We told the kids that if, if one of them goes, we'll take them down there and cool. we'll, we'll oh, watch really? them. Yeah, so. um, Uptuck up up needs a special <laughs> halter with like... A special <laughs> pair of sweatpants. Yeah. <laughs> maybe some like... <laughs> if you're going to do some tooling, maybe you could like hide some 
some subtle nestling yeah, right? in the back of the halter. Yeah, maybe a guy could, eh? <laughs> um, I wanted to ask about the uh, like the state of Canadian bronc riding. We got some really awesome kids going up and down the road nowadays, and it seems like we can almost fill up half the NFR roster with Canadian bronc riders. Like, the rights and the Canadians. The rights and the Canadians. Like what? So talk a bit about like obviously how cool it is, and then kind of what do you think has played into that to, to create these this kind of flood of great bronc riders from Canada. I think there's a lot of things that factor into it. Um, talented humans, obviously, is one of them. Um, I feel like Canada's always had a culture of bronc riding. Even from way back in the day, we were known for great horses and great bronc riders. Um, and some of the greatest that we've ever had are now the ones passing it on, like a, a Rod Hay and, and what those guys do up at, at Rimby at the Rough Stock Practices. They've pumped a lot of guys out of there and... I don't know what he's doing, but he's pumping guys out. Something and in the water up there. And uh, iron sharpens iron, man. When mm. you get one, you're going to get a second. And when you get a second, you're going to get a third and a fourth and a fifth. And, so and it shows. Yeah. For sure. Like, even even when I was in the high school stuff, it was like Clayton Hines was there. And, like, all these great guys were there. I think, like, I think Guy Shapka was there. Like, I think a lot of the, like, Rod Warren, I think, was at some of these <clears> events. Like, the great guys, the great hang around. The sport were there and helping. You know, what? like that's where, like, Jake Vold was in the high school rodeo at the same time I was. Um, who else? I'm trying to think. Sorry, we're in the backyard and all the, the dogs are going crazy. <laughs> but, but those great guys were at the big events and helping out. And, and that, that goes a long way from, from personal experience when those guys are around. It makes you want to impress them it makes you want to try harder it makes you want to listen it makes you want to be like them and and when they're around and 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 they're just regular people like the rest of us um uh it it, it makes it a lot easier to to soak in what they've got to say when you can kind of relate to them on the human side of things and they're not uh they're not some fancy celebrity they're just mm -hmm. people like us and and uh i think that's one great thing that rodeo brings uh, b brings around is that uh, everybody's just a guy, and and everybody's willing to help to help everybody and to, and to keep the sport going. Nobody nobody's bigger than the sport, and and uh, and it's just great to see the the best of the best passing it on to kids. I think it has lots to do with the stock contractors too. Like, I mean, you guys are producing, like you said, these really great horses, but I think they really want to. They give a shit about bringing the kids along too right so like they're putting them in scenarios in the high school rodeos and the amateurs and all that kind of stuff like building them up so that when they do get to that level like they're ready to perform and be at their best yeah no that's right and and that's that's my mission is to have a a, a strong a strong set of horses that that are kid friendly uh good in the shoot quiet uh mechanics timing rhythm uh, everything that a kid needs to get to to get the ball rolling and stuff and and that honestly to see it to see a kid get his feet moving for the first time or to to have a little confidence to to have one that's kind of bad in the shoot and 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 uh, and uh, have the confidence to get through stuff like that that's what makes my motor run like the the great ones that are going off to these other guys that's that's great and everything like that but I, I love watching the next generation learn and figure it out because with without them, I don't have a job and and uh, not, neither do any of us. So And it's really cool because you've been, you've been through that. You, you've had to battle through those horses that aren't so great in the shoot or like kind of that learning curve. That's one thing I've always thought about with the bronc riding. It's, it's the steepest learning curve in rodeo. Like it's, you get your ass kicked for a few years, but once you figure it out, it's, it's a pretty cool feeling. Yeah, I think so. To, um, to me, and, and we're... 
you know, people might disagree with me, but to me, bronc riding is basically a math equation. It's all physics and geometry. And, mm. and if you can figure out why lifting on your rein helps you, blah, blah, things like that, then it makes it easier to understand why you're trying to learn it and, and what it does for you. And, and yeah, at the end of the day, it's, it, it, uh, it, it takes a lot to figure it out, but when you figure it out, it, it's just really cool. Like when you get on a nice one and, and you can get the timing and everything, it's, it, it's just really neat. And to see kids like kids will almost in the middle of a ride throw their hands in the air and go holy shit I, you know you can, you <laughs> yeah. can see them feel it for a second you know yeah yeah what it what, what did it take for you to find that in uh the, the, the switch to flip yeah when did the switch flip for you when did like what did it take for you to learn that how many horses did you have to get on how many times did you get your ass busted before you figured it out uh, i don't know i mean obviously it took a while a guy's fortunate to be in a stock contracting family and have my pick of of whatever horse I want to get on and there is a horse called Neon Moon that my brother and I uh, and everybody else got on to um, and we'd buck them 50 times a year and and uh, my dad had these convention rodeos out in the Kananaskis that were kind of uh, for tourists and things like that and and uh, we'd do quite a few of them in the summer and we'd get to pick what horses we wanted to get on or what bulls we'd enter the bull riding to and pick what bulls we wanted to get on and and uh um, I think that I think I had an advantage in that sense that I just got uh, the right horses all the time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is which is key in that for sure. For sure, and and I just loved it. I I I wanted to be a bronc rider since since I was just a little a little guy, and and uh, so I watched it and I paid attention to it, and I think that helps a lot mm-hmm. too. Like um, you don't necessarily have to do something to know how it's done if you watch it enough you'll know how it's supposed to be done and then it's easier to to implement what you got to implement to make it happen if you if you've seen it a million times the uh the bronc riding is technically backwards as to what a person feels like they should do when they're when a horse is bucking somebody explained to me like this where if you're actually riding a bucking horse and you don't you're not a bucking like you're not a bronc saddle bronc rider you're gonna bring your feet up and you're gonna like kind of like try and hang on with the swells a little bit where bronc riding is actually no you're gonna like spur at that point and lift and you're kind of like exposing yourself right like it's timing and it's timing and rhythm and and uh yeah like you say like when your saddle horse goes to buck and you just want to lean hunch your shoulders forward and grab the horn and (laughs) yeah yeah hope for the best and and you you gotta you gotta kind of let yourself trust that that's not what's going to uh, get you th- I mean you almost watch jump horse jumping and 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 it's the the movement that you have with the horse to take the power it's like bull riding it's like getting over the front of them you got to get over the front of a bronc too um, but then you got to kind of get back and get under your rein and and it's kind of a lot different than just pulling and scratching and hoping to stay on <laughs> one for sure what's the best bull ride you ever made <laughs> <laughs> the best the best bull ride i ever made was uh actually uh 96 points in anchorage oh. alaska no yeah, way. yeah same night i got an 88 in the bareback riding damn and, and missed my bronc out yeah we uh when i was in college in twin falls we ha- we w- we produced a rodeo in anchorage and in order to go be a part of it, we had to enter all the rough stock events. So I, 
we entered the bull riding and the barebacks and the Bronx and everything, and we'd be part of it up there. There'd be some local guys entered, but our rodeo team was was a huge part of it too. And and uh, like we set up the arena, and and uh, I don't even know whose stock it was to be honest, but it was a pretty good bull ride. Like <laughs> like maybe ninety two. I don't know where they got a ninety six <laughs> from. <but laughs> it was he's spotting, and I spared him a little okay. who, el- who else could attest to this ride that would have that seen it <laughs> i have I, I actually have the judges cards at home really Damn. yeah i still have the Hell judges yeah. cards but what uh, about the 88 point bareback ride yeah same thing it was probably like an 84 but they were jacking them up you know before they were jacking them up they were <laughs> up there but so you were 90 points in the bull riding never the bronc riding nine yeah 96 yeah no it was great we went up there a couple years and and it was always kind of in September after school was done. Did you and drive? No, we flew up oh, there and and from we Seattle probably. I think I just flew from home here in oh, Calgary. Okay. Yeah, flew from Calgary. Yeah. Okay, but who can attest to this? Who can we call to verify this ride? Uh, do you remember? You probably don't remember. Um, Chet Anger was there. Um, Cody Demers was there because me and him got in a fist fight behind the shoots <laughs> at that event. Yeah. What happened? I don't know. College kids in Alaska <laughs> away from been home. boxing right? all fall. Yeah. Like, so I'm going to go ahead and yeah, guess exactly. that you guys, there might have been some alcohol involved with that event Yeah, after yeah, the rides. Yeah, maybe a little. Damn. So I just got to do okay. ditch okay, fight. Okay, so t- Twin Falls, we haven't really talked about to anybody about the, the boxing matches with Twin Falls with the school there. That was part of the deal. Like, if you were in the rodeo team, there was, like, a boxing event every fall. We had to fight someone. Yeah, we had to fight the other um, sports teams. So I fought a baseball player, um, and I did pretty good the first round, and then he whooped on me the second two rounds. I ran out of air, and, and he beat the shit out of me. And, and uh But we had fun, and, you know, the, what that did for us, I think, was just great. It, it kept us in shape. It, it taught us a little bit of grit, and and uh, same thing I always say about anything in college. I wish I'd have paid a little bit more attention, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'd, just because I boxed in college doesn't mean I can fight. Just so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so were they like match you up against like certain guys that like kind of your same weight class? Kind same of deal, w- same weight class. Yeah, the guy that I fought was a little taller than me. Uh, he was about reach. six feet tall, and he had a reach on me. But we were the same weight, and yeah, they matched us up. With my brother came down and fought in it too, and and a uh, cu- couple weeks before uh, or a week before or whatever, I phoned and said, "You've been doing some push-ups or anything like that?" And he said, "Well." I've been eating power bars and watching Rocky <laughs> movies. <laughs> he got he got whooped on too. He uh, he got turned around backwards and his hands went over the top rope and then under it and then under the middle rope. Oh no! And, so then, he, and then he like fell backwards, so his hands were stuck in between those two, and oh, the guy no. just went down on him. Oh, <laughs> oh no. sweet. <laughs> oh no! How's the so Rocky the, movies treating you now? <laughs> How's those oh, power no. bars, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Uh, holy! Oh, Colt in the steer riding this weekend. Yeah, so and the, Chet. So, ch- sorry, Chet or Colt and Chet? Yeah, both of them. Yeah, they're they, both in the steer riding this weekend. They're both in the steer riding. There's a junior rodeo in uh, Dog Pound. It's called the Out West, Out West Junior Rodeo, and they do one in June, July, and August. And uh, all three boys, Colt, Chet, and Decker, are in it. And they have um, breakaway roping, pole bending, barrel racing, steer riding, team roping, 
uh, goat tying. Did I say goat tying? Not yet. Um, and the kids just have a blast. Um, I've said it a lot. Uh, doing doing that type of shit um, with their horses and stuff is gonna is gonna teach them more mm. about even the rough stock events than than even oh, getting sure. on steers. Right, like just riding your horses bareback, doing the pole bending, doing all that stuff is. Uh, we just want to make. Uh, horsemen out of them and whatever they decide to do they'll be good at it you don't learn a lot of life skills doing that kind of stuff too though right you learn your accountability having to take care of your horses and all that kind of stuff like a lot of a lot of my foundational morals have come from uh being around livestock and all that kind of thing too so like there's you a lot about of uh, horse girls horse girls man exactly. grow, up in a, grow up in a house of them exactly <laughs> well and that's just it right like and and to see these kids like dog pounds on a quarter section or whatever it's on and when the rodeo's over they're all just tearing around bareback trail riding setting up jumps uh th- that that type of shit's going to make more cowboys than, mm-hmm. than 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 anything inside the arena as far as i'm concerned that's all we did when we were kids is uh we bucked anything we could get our hands on we jumped our horses we uh we just tore around playing cowboys and indians and i i think it did us a lot of good at the end of the day is that how you got anything else out of here? I don't know. I think I feel like there's way more. Like we could talk about the mad muskrats and <laughs> talk about all the fun shit that things happen on the road, like between Devin and Yeah, but you just Tanner. phoned me last night or this morning. Yeah, so we only talked this morning. So we, we don't, don't have, have much, time, much time to prep for sure. No. This could be a good scenario where we bring in like Devin and Tanner and Billy and just have a yeah, crazy I think show. Corky would yeah, be, fun, be too, fun too, wouldn't he? Yeah, oh yeah, he'd be good. Yeah. He'd be great. You know, just have a have a just have a crazy we like round table. Heat for like an hour. Have a round yeah. table, <laughs> a round table podcast. Need your big mixer. We got two more seats here. Yeah, yeah you can exactly. get it happening, but but yeah. Anyways, this 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 has been really awesome, Billy. It's been it's been super fun to. It has. I, I haven't really got to sit down and visit with you like this before, so it's been yeah. cool to hear some stuff and and all that kind of thing. So we'll uh, end her off with our. Well, cool. Hold on, hold on. Oh, so well, okay. Can I go one more? Yeah, sure, one man. More? So I don't know if you want to talk about it or not, but like, you had to like really change your lifestyle the last couple of years with, with, with uh, like the diabetes. Like you had to like actually. But <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the, the diabetes. The diabetes. <laughs> I eat a lot of porridge now. Eat a lot of yeah. porridge. Yeah. But like, but like, there was big. like lots of Bud Lights and everything before, and like, you know, the lifestyle. Like a guy like like uh, well like some of the folks. Part like you're partying and you're kind of like. I don't know. I had to have a reckoning with the booze for a while and be like, "Oh, like I gotta probably slow down a little bit here." But like a guy kind of has to change the lifestyle and and make a change directions on some stuff. But you actually had like a diabetes diagnosis like later on in life. It was like it was a bit of a right. Yeah, like yeah. Diabetes or diabetes? Diabetes. But it's been like it's been a big big thing you gotta really change things and it has it's been it's been a huge uh lifestyle change for sure Uh, i was a shock to the system um my wife without her sarah oh man she's the one that pays attention in the doctor's appointments and and uh it's a lot to take in and it's a huge change for sure but it's a change for the better i've quit smoking i've quit chewing i quit drinking for a while but then i I mean, you can't quit at all, so. <laughs> <laughs> but to quit smoking and chewing is probably like a big. It's a big task. Big change. Yeah, it, it was helps hard. you out a I, lot. And yeah, it was. Yeah. It was a. It it needed to happen, so I don't think that I'd have been able to quit all that without the diagnosis. So 
I mean, silver linings or whatever you want to call it, but I've been smoke-free and I've been nicotine-free for almost two years. So oh, right nice. on. Congrats. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I chew this Smoky Mountain that's, I think it's cat, cat hair with molasses in it is what it is. <laughs> but it's not, it's not bad. It's, it's, uh, it's the habit to, uh, Just something, something, something to stick yeah. in your mouth and, and, uh, whatever. But no, it's been a... It's been a, a big change. A guy gets used to it, I guess. It just becomes part of daily life. Um, constantly having to do math and figure out how much sugar's in this and that and, and take the proper insulin for it and everything like that. And um, my doctors are really good to me. They, uh, they kind of understand that it's hard for people like us to, mm. to live a 100% clean lifestyle. Like you're living on the road a lot and it's hard. So they're, they give a guy some leeway and stuff, but it's been a big change. And, um, we just hope we've changed it enough that we'll still be here in another 40 years. Yeah. So. Are you feeling, are you feeling better uh, since like cutting some of that stuff out? Yeah. I, you th- I, I, I have, yeah, I, I have the, 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 the smoking was, uh, it needed to go, man. It was, it was shitty in the mornings and, and it was, it was to where I was a pack and a half a day and mm-hmm. I always had one just dangling and was always lighting one and was always looking for the next one. And, and, uh, I'm glad to, I'm glad to be done with that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. uh, how'd you get started gross. doing that? Smoking? That, yeah. Where'd that come from? I don't really know. Um, just woke up with a dart in his mouth. Just woke, yeah, <laughs> woke up with a dart in my mouth. I chewed snuff for the longest time and always kind of smoked cigarettes a little bit, you know, like everybody smokes the odd cigarette. And then I kind of thought I was going to quit chewing snuff for a while and and uh, got a little heavier into the cigarettes. And then before you knew it, I was smoking and chewing both at 100%. So, um, yeah, it was... Not only is it unhealthy, it's fucking expensive. Yeah, so. yeah, no doubt. <laughs> right? yeah. So um, I counted for the longest time, like how many less cigarettes and how much money I'd saved and stuff like that. Or I forget the amount of cigarettes. But when you see that number, it's disgusting. Like Staggering almost, hey? 35 of them a day times 365 days, whatever that tens of thousands of yeah, cigarettes. Yeah, no doubt. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's wild. When you look at it like that, it's it grosses you out. Isn't it like twenty bucks a pack too, or something? Yeah, or so close. thirty bucks, so a thousand, no, like a thousand dollars a quick month. Math. Yeah, twelve thousand yeah. dollars a year to smoke cigarettes. Yeah, holy fuck! Right? Yeah, wow. that's crazy. Love and it. then chew on top of it too, and booze. I mean, it's all. You I mean you gotta enjoy life somehow? Like you gotta have that stuff to an extent, but. I'm I'm proud to be off the darts for sure. Yeah, good oh, yeah. deal. That's all. I'm gonna be yeah. flying around on the ice this winter. Yeah, clean lungs, just be <laughs> yeah, ripping. Right? No shit. No shit. Yeah, getting back to hockey, that'll be good to get out again and whatnot. But yeah, I'd love to have a game. Um, well, that, well, almost have to resurrect some Madden Muskrats winter hockey. Yeah, we one, should. One time game. Gets, totally should. Could even could, probably could round up enough guys just to have two like a, like a well, scrimmage we, almost. Like yeah. Curtis's team, yeah. like we could play the Mustangs. Like Curtis Robertson right. plays for. Or the Coyotes, like he plays for one of the teams out there. Mm-hmm. We could hook it up with him, but yeah, uh, yeah, we could have a game with them guys. He's asked him and Shane, Shane's asked me a couple times too, but anyways, um, we should have an outdoor game. That'd be really cool, <laughs> like a cowboy. Yeah, I talked to Art Moline and Wainwright different times. They they make an arena out of the Wainwright Rodeo Arena. Oh no way! And I think it'd be cool to have one like at a rodeo arena, have an outdoor rink out there. That would be cool. Be pretty cool deal. Be a Western. Yeah, it would. Extra Wexter, yeah. 
Okay. Okay. We better call it. Okay. That's good. Yeah. We've hit it. Okay. Like I said, saying before, Billy, it's been really fun to sit and chat and bullshit for a while. Um, We'll end her off with our kind of marquee question of the pod. What is your definition of cowboy shit? Uh, Oh, you know what? My definition of cowboy shit, that's, I wish you'd have told me you're going to ask me that question because there's so many good answers probably to that. Um, Honestly, I think the definition of cowboy shit is is, uh, getting up every day. Uh, handling your shit, raising your kids, um, trying to be a good human, trying to raise good humans, and and, and raise them in the old school cowboy values. And, and there's a million things that could be classified as cowboy shit, but I think raising a good family and raising good humans is number one. I like well, it. And, and now they're going to their own rodeos. So and now like they're going to their own rodeos. They're... They're, they're doing their own cowboy shit. <laughs> like, yeah, they're they're cool as shit, them boys, and and they love rodeo, and and uh, you know, I don't know whether to be happy or sad that I see them <laughs> going down this road. But. <laughs> what, what's it like for you being being the dad though, and and helping them out now, and like what what are you trying to instill in them, or what are you teaching them as you know in the steer riding, like like your dad taught you? Well, I. I tell my boys that I don't give a shit if you come in first or last. Just give it 100% every time. Uh, Be proud of your effort that you put in. Be proud of who you are. Be proud of um, um, where you came from. And and just be good to people. And and I've heard it on on, uh, other podcasts and stuff like that. But it's not about what you do in the arena it's it's how you make people feel outside of the arena that really matters at the end of the day and and uh that that that's what i try to tell my boys so someday maybe they'll be in brazil and people will be chanting their name <laughs> in the restaurants you never know you never know <laughs> that's awesome thanks yeah. for doing this billy thanks for, thanks for having me you guys that's this awesome. is really neat for me and and uh this is a this is a different world for me. I barely know how to turn my phone on, and this is very cool. So <laughs> the next one will be even better. Yeah, oh, I yeah. appreciate it. Absolutely. Okay, thanks, Bill. Thanks, you guys. He's been hung up and stepped on And outdrawed and reduced to tears He's done his best thinking With his hand in the rigging for years Got an old trophy saddle He won back in 75 He's getting too old to travel He's lucky he's even alive Thanks again to Billy Richards for being on the show this week Meeting us in the backyard, having a backyard visit uh, Good to we, catch up uh, with Bill Yeah, Billy's kind of like, uh, he's got layers so we peeled back a couple layers today. He's like an onion. Show. Yeah. Or what do you call kind it? Of like Shrek. What is it like an onion or like an ogre? It's kind of like ogre. Ogres have layers. Ogres are like onions. Ogres are like <laughs> onions. They have layers. They have layers. Yeah. yeah. So Billy, <laughs> Billy, we uh, we appreciate you coming to visit with us, and that's a guy that we're gonna have to have on the show again. And uh, I think maybe with some of his traveling partners and some of his buddies. Yeah. You know, uh, he was said a bunch of the guys, Burke Ramsey and and Dustin Thompson, and uh, uh, who else? Uh, Kelly Morton. Uh, brother of our editor Sean Morton, uh, he they were all those guys were all uh, giving Billy a hard time after they saw. Okay. Okay. Anyways. Okay. So here we go. Guys, <laughs> those guys were giving uh, giving uh, Bill a hard time for being on the show, and I think it'd be fun to get some of them and you know kind of have a oh, group yeah. show with those guys and 
Uh, there's some other stuff I wish I would have asked them, but uh, it was a good, great show. Anyways, leaves so, the door open for another episode. Yeah, yeah, and then okay, and then going back to team stuff, I think that some of the uh, some of the contract stuff they should be saying, showing some more of the details. Disclose some of it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, because then I think like what was it with the NHL when they disclosed the earnings? Then it opened things up so that people could uh, compare openly, and it kind of mm-hmm. brought things up in the in the leagues, right? So yeah, exactly. So I'd be curious to see some of that, but we'll see. Yeah, agreed. We will see. Ah, uh, okay. What else we got, Ways? Um, so I was ha- so yesterday during our Slack performance, I was having some hashtag Slack thoughts, like you mentioned, Slack we were texting, thoughts. and I thought it'd be fun if we would discuss uh some type of rule, some ridiculous out of this world rule that you think we could add in, like and, and like there's no no nothing is impossible, and to make rodeo more entertaining. Well, I think. What my rebuttal to this was is that I think there already there are already too many rules in rodeo that were thought up mm-hmm. by the contestants to make competition more or easier for them or better for their horse or the arena or whatever. And I think there are too many dumb rules in place currently. <laughs> and I think that a lot of these rules should probably go away because the associations have been run by contestants for far too long and mm-hmm. they are mm-hmm. um it's not very good for the show when you got a bunch of dumb rules in place. Rules are dumb. Yeah. Okay. So that's your answer. That's that's part one. So I'll let you. Oh, go okay. I'm like that kind of sucks actually, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What do you got? No, you go. Oh, what do I got? So my uh, my rule that I was thinking of, especially watching the Slack, I, I, my rule was if you don't bring your own horse to the show, to the rodeo, to the performance, you have to do your event on foot. Oh really? So like, yeah, you can't no sharing horses. If you're if you're entered in the team rope or the calf rope or the bulldog, and you oh, got to do it on foot. Oh dear, that would be... we get pretty western. Be kind of funny. That'd be wild. Another one. Just I, I posed a question to Jesse and Jimmy Lawrence yesterday as well, and Jimmy said they he would like a random draw for horses in the barrel racing to see what that would do. What do you think that would do? I think you would you would separate the the really good horse people. And the ones who are not really the good that good of horse people. A barrel racing draw, but that would be like then you'd have to have barrel racing horse contractors. That would that would seem yeah, a less yeah. plausible. Yeah, it's, well, it, like this is a fantasy land. This is like not like it's just don't oh. get don't get too critical of it. You, it's just like this is imagination time, Teddy. Really? Mm-hmm. So okay, so we've talked about the markout. So could it be like you can pick either a markout or like you get docked five points or something? You do something like something like that. Mm. No, not, don't do that. Cool. Don't do that. Not cool. That almost makes it even worse of a rule. I guess then it would make it harder. Yeah, I'm trying to think of it like the on the production side. So I got the I got the wrong vibe on this. Well, imagine just imagine two team ropers doing like standing in the box on foot and turning the steer and getting a run down. How could, could you even do that? Do you think that's I don't know? Possible? I don't know. Just could be, you even rope be... a calf? Like, what do you tie off to? You? Just around your belt? And just well, hope, you like, probably slow could. Them down? Like, you probably could. Figured, like if it wasn't a, that big of a steer, you probably could just like pull them or it wouldn't be very clean. It'd be not. But in good. the in the tie down, like the horse has to stop and stay so you can hold the calf. Yeah, yeah, mean? that wouldn't it wouldn't work. It probably wouldn't work, but in, in the fantasy land, it would just be funny. I'm just thinking, I'm thinking mostly for a comedy purpose, just seeing a guy run back into the box on his on foot. Oh man. Just for a laugh. That could be that could be pretty entertaining. Yeah, it'd just be kind of funny. Oh man. Man, I don't know what else to say for rules though. I don't know what oh. else I would say that way. I don't know, man. Just like any any rule you could make. Anything, anything you think of, man. Just like something to, to add, a little, add a little flavor to the show. 
what about the rule is you have to bring your own bull like you're like you're a barrel racer <laughs> just and, pack around with like one horse trailer so you're a little yeah bull. just bring your bull in and then if you, you have a lot more bull, bull rides right if you have you if you bring your own bull you're just like yeah, yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna get a 82 points every time every time if i bring my own bull do you think that, be that kind like, of a guys will bring to, their own bulls it's a businessman way to do it really and truly Right, like if you just took your bull to like, yeah, I'm going to Calgary. What ride my 82 pointer four days in a row? <laughs> the four bull. round, just bring your own bull for the four round. <laughs> UIOB. It would have worked oh, this man. year. You would have won in the four round because everybody else. Yeah, 100. Yeah, that's where she goes. I like that. And that's like, kind of funny. That could be kind of good, right? Bring your yeah, own bull. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Or in the broad so garden, how... bring your own horse. For anything, yeah. Bring your or, own, bring your own rough stock. Man, what's the rule? What's the thing about uh, like uh, Uno? Just like reverse, where you just like you bring a bull for somebody else. Just like in you trades, you just like play an Uno card. If you play, you, you get, you get Uno, matched. Up, you get matched up with a with another bull rider before the rodeo, and you bring him a bull, and he brings you a bull. So it's like, yeah. do you want to like fuck the guy over, or do you want to like, bring like hey one. dude, I'll bring you a nice one if you bring me a nice one. Or what if the final four was was done with Uno cards, and then everybody got a card, and they could just be like, whoever wins, whoever goes out, whoever's Uno hand goes out first, they get to pick the bull they want to get on. Yeah, or like <laughs> one guy goes and wins the fifty thousand, and you're just like. You just like miss a turn. Sorry, that's my hundred thousand. I'm gonna just take that. Oh shit! Final four money on the line. Dang, <laughs> that's how you know a tiebreaker. You have to, any tiebreaker rather than getting on another bull. You have to do a leg wrestle in the middle of the arena. In the middle, on the stage. No, on the, <laughs> on the stage. St- yeah, on the stage, on the stage in Calgary. Yeah, yeah there's no with, ties with pyro to finish for the bronze. <laughs> just to win the leg wrestle. Adjudicated by Dave and and called by Dave Polson on the stage. He's calling the the leg wrestling. Oh, yeah, you'd have to have match. a full production for the for the leg wrestle. Yeah. That could be good. Francis got t-shirt cannon shooting t-shirts out for the leg wrestle. Oh man. You could you could, you could go over like a lot of different avenues with this. Okay. We better uh we better get off that train. What else <laughs> we got here? We got anything else um, we've done? I think that's pretty much it, man. Make sure to check out get your cowboy shit. We got our new clothing line out for the summer some new pretty cool new stuff so check it out on our website or at your local retailer oh man i got a whole uh, bunch of caps working on too got some my new office, cap samples my office yeah. is full of cap samples right now so there you go so keep keeping eye, your eyes peeled for that um uh, check us out on social medias um i can wish it official on most uh social media channels and yeah we're coming to a show near you so yeah well the next couple I've had weeks a few, i've had be... a few people i've had a few people come come up and, and introduce themselves and say that they appreciate what we're doing so always like always your... like that when people come say hi they like your tiktoks mm. is it mostly tiktok or or the show um like, kind of, it's, like, kind it's, of... A middle, it's a middle ground man like, pretty I, famous I, tiktoker at this i've point. had i've had a lot of uh people come up to me like oh man you're that guy from tiktok and i'm like yeah yes yeah, it's, it's just weird to be recognized for that kind of stuff um but yeah, and a lot of people like to like we got a lot of genuine fans and listeners out there, so they come always and come and give their give us a pat on the back. So always nice to hear that that people actually listen. So love love it. What's the funniest thing you've had happen to you so far in that regard? <clears throat> oh God, funniest thing? Yeah, or like was there like a stalker chick uh, that like was well, following you, you know out at the dance actually, at one point? Dude, we were at so at when we were during Calgary when Jen and I were at Zach Bryan. Like I had a bunch of people come up to me like, "Oh, you're that guy from TikTok." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," and then. Uh, I'm like, I'm like, I didn't, I wasn't like that. Like, like obviously I say, hey, yeah, hey, what's up? And then trying to be nice. I had this one girl come up to me and she's like, wait, hey, do you remember me? And I like, I remembered who she, like, she used to date a friend of mine from Nanton. And I was like, oh, you're, Uh-oh. so you're so-and-so's girlfriend. I'm like, oh, she's like, we broke up. I'm like, oh, she's like, what's my name? I'm like, honestly, I don't know. And she just was like, fuck you, wait, hey. And then like went away. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, what just happened? 
like didn't even didn't even say her name and just like gave me the finger and it's like fuck you ways and i'm like went away i never saw her again oh, just no. back into the abyss of cowboy's tent what a gen that's kind of that. funny well thankfully she, she, was that... she was dancing with uh josh so oh. she didn't cheat i told her about it after she's like what the fuck i'm like i was gonna know. say like, that's messed up hopefully she didn't see that and thought think she was some uh former jealous lover, lover oh no 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 it was just a random encounter like, oh like, man what the fuck is this like and like it's it's funny and like I don't know I I know I'm not I'm not great with names and I'm making an effort to do, to be better with names but um yeah I just like totally blank on who it was I knew who she was like I recognized her face and I like was like yeah you did whatever from Nat and she's like she's <laughs> like she's like fuck you Isaac. I just fucking left I'm like okay sorry have a nice night <laughs> oh man there's so that's probably uh, the craziest one I my my craziest one was from a long time ago. When like we were, it was like 2012 and we had this, uh, there was this uh, Calgary Stampede Ultimate Intern thing and you like won a bunch of cool shit and it was like a kind of a cool contest. And there was with this set of girls that we competed against and then we lost to like, cause it was Katie Lucas and I, we went in on this deal and mm-hmm. then we didn't win it. Um, we probably should have, but we never did. I think it was, a uh, we lost by uh, some kind of weird default, but whatever. Anyways, these other, these other girls that won and I like, I think that like we all followed each other on online mm-hmm. or whatever, just, you know, trying to meet people that, that we, uh, were in the same kind of realm. But then this chick like came up to me in the bar and like, just made out with me in the middle of the bar at the ranchman oh was up against the pool table. Yeah. It was this like, girl you competed against against. Yeah. It was like totally wild. She just like, she and like came like, and kissed like, you and like, then slapped you and like, fuck you, man. We beat you. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't quite like that, but I had just put like, Junior, uh, junior loring was there oh it's dark again uh, <laughs> okay we're almost done but yeah junior was standing right beside me and i just put a dip of copenhagen in for some reason because i remember back in the day dipping oh my god yeah. Teddy. This a long time ago who this is, is this guy t- this is different heat. <laughs> but i put like a bit of a yeah a bit of a dip in and then like kind of got a little like my head got a little spinny at the time because i mm-hmm. wasn't used to that stuff but it, it would really it. like it really like take the party from here to like to oh there. yeah yeah, yeah. It really like whew, really speed it up so uh I did that and then she came up and made up made out and she's like, You're you're a Ted and then just blah, like and then yeah, it was pretty wild That's time. Really weird. But then speaking of Hagen, she got some secondhand Copenhagen, so secondhand Hagen, which I thought would be a good bull oh, name. Gross. Hagen, secondhand Hagen. <laughs> Man, that could be uh, a good bull name. Back to our interview with Billy. That <laughs> that fucking satanic went on naming horses was pretty fun. I could do I could get behind that. So I think anyone that has a uh Anyone that has a good uh, horse name or bull name should probably let us know. Even you know what else could be good too is if barrel racers named their horses like Bronx and Bulls. Wouldn't that? Some be of them funny? do though. Some of them have because they usually name their horses based off their their papers, right? True. But it could be funny. Imagine if you just said, "I would name my barrel horse Fire Breathing Dragon," probably. Because <laughs> they're most of them are like that anyway. So. so would that make you as a? Uh... As the jockey, a uh, fire-breathing dragon tamer? I would just be the dragon slayer. Dragon slayer. That's what I was trying to get at, yeah. <laughs> dragon slayer. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. What about if uh, there was more of a crossover between male and female events? Like, what about if, like, why mm-hmm. why does the barrel racing at NFR have to be all ladies? Why can't there be guys? I don't know. I don't know what the rule book says. Especially there could be a dude who makes it. But the problem is that it's the WPRA, the Women's Professional uh, Rodeo Association. There you go. I don't and know, they man. sanction the barrel racing in the PRC. Do you think it could happen in the CPRA? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just like, 
you know, throwing the gender rules out the window. <clears throat> just wondering, <throat> just trying to dream up some stuff here. If you're just going back to your rules, you know what I'm saying? I think we need to plan a celebrity bail race. I don't, somewhere. Want, I don't want to do it that bad. Come I already on. did this one time. I did this one time. I, I tried it and it was cool and did it for charity. And that was that. Yeah, but we didn't have a we didn't have a podcast at that time or a social media platform where it would do awesome. I know. We were gonna do it at Cole's house. We never got to it, right? No, yeah, I didn't really have the setup for it, so okay. I have to what do it you, somewhere else. Okay, what are you looking forward to the next uh, bit of the last half? Oh of the man, um, my gosh, it'll be good to get to Cochrane, I guess, and see some folks there and do some wild cow racing, and then yeah. um, oh yeah. We're, we got a trip planned to the Sunshine Coast here in September, which I'm really looking forward to. I've never been out that way before, so kind of nice to get away and spend some time. And then Arizona in October, that'll be really fun. And then, uh, you know what I'm actually looking most forward to is we booked two nights at the Fantasyland Hotel during the PBR Canada Finals in Edmonton, November 11th weekend. So I'm <laughs> fucking fired up for that because I've always wanted to stay at the Fantasyland since I was a kid. And we've, really? my, 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 we've never been able to do it, just given logistics and all that kind of stuff. And we went to the water park and all that fun stuff, but now I'm an adult with adult money and I can take myself to the, to the, to the fantasy land. We booked, we booked, uh, we booked the su- superior suite has a sleep six. So there's six of us going up. We're going to have a little, just kind of a staycation. I guess you could call it in Edmonton. We're going to do some water sliding and bull ride and all that fun stuff. So looking so forward you're, to that. So I'm you stuck, got I really actually really stoked for that. What what is the superior superior suite worth at the fantasy land? Honestly, man, it's three three hundred and fifty bucks a night. So is there just three beds, like three queen beds, like back to back to back? Yeah. Like, well, there's bed? I think there's one like room and then two queen beds in another room. Oh okay. Like, yeah. Family so, suite. Basically, like family yeah. Suite. Yeah. We wanted to do a theme room, but the sleep the theme rooms only sleep four and they're actually more expensive for the weekend. Yeah. They are pretty wild. I I went into my family, like we stayed there one time. Yeah. And it was like I forget what it was. It might have been a train suite, like a street. It was like a snow. It was a street thing. Yeah. It was like street cars. It was like you were sleeping on the street. That nice. was pretty wild. And yeah, then I remember, being, I remember being another one, another time. I forget what it was now, but it was it was a different one. Nice. Interesting times. Yeah, I'm. I'm really that. That would be probably the thing I'm most looking forward to. Nice. Aside from the other stuff that I got going on. How about you, man? You got some like, fun stuff coming up. Oh yeah, so we were drinking Armstrong IP. Yeah, Armstrong. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to. Going to Dallas, but I guess by the time the show's out, we'll be in Dallas, flying out like the six o'clock on Wednesday morning. Yep, and uh, do another set out another Wista trade show. You got a wedding on the weekend. You're in Lethbridge mm-hmm. too. Sean's going down there. Then yeah, then we're back to Armstrong for a week, and then uh, I got like two rounds of golf on the seventh and tenth, and then uh, Storm's birthday, and then we go to Nashville on the fifteenth. We're gonna go to the NASCAR race nice. in Bristol, Tennessee. Then we got uh, a couple of events. The Canadian Cup Series is back. Starting in Lethbridge in September, mm-hmm. then uh, then we're going to LA for a couple of football games nice. on the like 16th, 17th at SoFi. That'll be pretty wild too. That'd be really cool. Yeah, hell yeah. Are you yeah. gonna catch a Kings game while you're there? Well, it's uh, I guess you could, I guess we could, but we only have two evenings and it's both hockey. But I guess if there was a hockey game the night of the first football game, possibly. But mm-hmm. I think we'll be sportsed out by that point. A lot in time, of sports, uh-huh. probably. So. Uh, yeah, uh, we have there's lots of hockey here, so I'll probably be good. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, man. Looking cool, forward buddy. to it. Give me a good fall. Okay, we'll have a good perf there today. Thanks for uh, the production meeting we'll in up 15 soon. minutes. So I'll see. I'll go battle through that now. Okay. Well, <laughs> that the good thing is you can get back on the horse there on the buckskins. Did you find a ride to Regina yet? Yeah, Sam Winslow. Okay, sweet. Okay, we'll you travel betcha. safe. 
enjoy the enjoy your experience in Regina for one night. I will. And, Thank uh, you. And we'll see you at home again soon. Rock and roll. All right. Thanks everybody for listening again. This is Cowboy Show with Ted and Wacy. Appreciate you staying with us this long. We'll uh, we'll catch you again in a, in a couple weeks. All right. Bye bye. I don't know what you've been.